finish your sentence. Should we pick him up now? No, I want to see where he lives. Something I gotta tell you like a heads up. What's that? I don't run. You don't run? What's that mean? Just so you know, if he takes off. What's that, like your policy? Exactly. What if he's getting away? We get him tomorrow. Or we get somebody else. There's always somebody else. What kind of cop are you, huh? Tired. Good luck. Diner tilapia wasn't a winner? That's a shocker. How is Maggie? Um, she was good. Yeah, you know, she was, she was really, yeah, she was cool. Wow, you must really like her. I don't know. I don't know. I just, um, I don't think we have that long-term potential, but I had a fun time with her. You spent one night with her. How could you possibly know what kind of potential you have? Alex, when you've been single as long as I have, you know what you want. And when you know what you want, you can cut bait way quicker. Yeah, but you don't know what you want. You have the worst standards. I have realistic standards. I do. <laughs> what about Jess Ramsey? I would date her, but she's engaged. Why do you always say her first and last name like some sort of serial killer? Because she's a firsty lasty. It's the same thing with me. I'm Ben King. You're just jealous because you're not a firsty lasty. Alice Mori. All right, fine. Let's pretend, for the sake of this argument, Jess Ramsey gets divorced tomorrow. She shows up on your doorstep and she's like, Oh my God, Ben King, let's be together. Ugh. That's not an impression of anything. You wouldn't last two weeks. You would find something wrong with her and then you would bail. That is yeah. not true. Oh, yes, it is. You it's, so true. it's so true. I'm just trying to make sure that the person I end up with is right, okay? I'm trying to find, you know. Oh, do not say the one. The one. Um. Uh, you're just so stupid. I don't think I am. Ben, someone as grotesquely tall and gangly as you doesn't have the right to be picky. Wow, thank you so much, Alice. And what about you? How was Trevor? Oh, yeah, nothing happened. I just got his number. 
Okay. But I just, I gotta do a little personal maintenance first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Gotta run the raccoons out of the trash cans. I know. Alice, I know. Alice, these are just excuses. They're you know that. They're not excuses. I'm just, I'm not in the mood to go on dates right now. That's it. Are you gonna spend the rest of your life moping about Nate, or I'm what's not happening? not moping about Nate. Fuck, what the, it's just, I... It takes me a while to open up to people, and I just don't want to give anyone that time right now. Okay? How do you not think that you're moping about Nate? Every time I've seen you, you've just been like, Nate! Nate! I hate when you do my voice. I literally hate it. Nate! Stop saying it so loud. Someone here can know who you're talking about. Can you not say that? Hey, does anyone here know Nate? Shut the fuck up. Greg Kinnear. Excuse me? Did you just say Greg Kinnear? The actor? He's famous, but he's not like super famous. Every day I remember who he is and say his name. Why? So I know I don't have Alzheimer's. the word what's the word mom is the word mom mom is the word mom's the word mom's the word concerning this mom's mom. the word mom i don't have time for this anymore why would mom be the word Is that offensive? Nah. Hey, I don't do the show alone. I do it with the Steven over here. What's happening? Hey, Steven, what's going on with you? Not much, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And you know what's funny is uh, right now, September, it's our anniversary of the show. We started the show in September 2005. And usually... It happens every year. If you go back and look it through the years, September, we never do shows at the beginning of September. Right. We always kind of come back and go, I think we had an anniversary. We just kind of forgot about it. But hey, uh, hey, happy anniversary. <laughs> but we have been doing this for 14 years. It's kind of funny. Thinking of how we started, like, you know, with the helicopter crash and all that. <laughs> and now... Pod strong, pod dim, back to pod... <laughs> It's just, it's, I, it's insane that 
but the thing is, I was talking to you about this that I have no idea how many shows we've done. Right. Because yes, we used to go through one, two, three, four, like that. But then we've done little weird shows, side shows. We've done after shows. We've done uh, movie reacts, trailer reacts, uh, book shows. Uh, I've done Chuck series companions. We then kind of veered off into ETL dailies, ETL news. And so basically I have no earthly idea how many podcasts have been produced since 2005, but I want to know now because what if we hit a round number like 1,000? That's mm-hmm. like a huge thing. I don't think we're anywhere near 1,000, just just to say that much. But when we do hit that 1,000, that would be great. 14 years. <laughs> I am curious how long that would take. Like if we're in the 500 range or something, it would be like, okay, 14 years. So <laughs> we'll hit 1,000. <laughs> But you know, little, little old men doing podcasts. Yeah, I, I mean, remember when we started doing these. We podcasts. were really productive back in the early years <laughs> of the the show. Like right now, this is ETL uh, episode three hundred and thirteen. But as everyone knows, just you know, like a month ago, I was doing ETL news, and we were like episode something something. I don't even remember now. What was the last ETL news we did? It was Entertainment Landfill News episode 66 in July. And then after that, went back to Entertainment Landfill episode 308. Uh, so it's super confusing. <laughs> so if you go back like 2005. You're close to 400 just there. Yes. So from uh, in 2005, uh, we started in September up until uh, you know the new year. I have 24 posts. I'm not sure all of those are shows. Some of them might just be a posting, you know, of information. But let's say that 22 of those are shows. Then 2006, there's 55. Then 2007, there's 55. So that was like huge product production <laughs> there. And then it always dropped lower after that. 45, well, 46, we went back up one. But then it was in the 30s onto. The lowest number is 2012. We did 21. That was like a very, I mean, some of those shows are fantastic. In, that was the pod dimming time. <laughs> well, it's we, just we like fade. We did holiday packs and stuff though too, but we were doing like one to two episodes a month then, like January two episodes, February two episodes, April two episodes, May three episodes. Uh, but we've been pretty productive. Now we're kind of getting back on track. When, when Emma started school and you mm-hmm. had to start doing stuff, you know, then, yeah, some shows got canceled here and there. Yeah, just, you and know, so every I mean, once in a while, so we couldn't life, do life shows. Life gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we've been pretty consistent now, and I hope people have enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed it. But I'm going to go out of my way and count episodes. I just want to know. Hopefully, I'll figure that out soon. And Or if somebody else wants to do it for me, they can. <laughs> and I'm going to count every podcast produced, meaning it doesn't have to just be Nowhere in Mulberry ETL. It could be Chuck Series Companions. It could be whatever. Uh, just it was made and put on the feed. How, how about that? That's what we'll count at one point. Because right now, if like you look at the feed... I was telling you this, that like if you look at iTunes, I don't even know if it does that anymore. It lists it like that. But 
It's like from 272 on to present. So it doesn't even start with episode one anymore. Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. But Stephen, we've been doing the show for 14 years. How does it feel? Quite, quite an accomplishment? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It doesn't feel like 14 years. It doesn't at all. Um, we do need some applause here. Broken lots of podcast rules in that time. <laughs> oh, you know it, man. We've broken lots of rules. Uh, podcasts should only be 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. We should know what we're going to say before we say it. We should have an outline of uh, what we're going to do. Steven, do you ever see me with notes on my desk? <laughs> uh, you used to have some used back to have in a the spiral. day. Yeah, like a little spiral. but To remind me to talk about To something. talk about a few things, but in general, no. No, uh, Basically, I have clips that that reminds me of what to talk about now, like audio clips or uh, something like that. But no, I don't generally keep an outline or anything anymore. But maybe that's just uh, because of 14 years of uh, experience. <laughs> yeah. You like the freewheeling style? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fly by the seat of my <laughs> pants. But I do forget things. I mean, I'm sure there have been shows. There's, you know, I usually say, hey, I'm the J-Strom and this is Steven the Pop Culture Result. But maybe there's some where it's just like, hey, everybody, okay, let's get into the show. And it's like never introduce anything. Okay. It's funny because uh, Ross and I, I, we just put out the the Witcher. Book two. Book thing. two, uh, a Sword of Destiny. And if you listen to it, I was like, hey, everybody, woohoo, we're doing Sword of Destiny. And we just start talking about the, the book. And there's not like, I'm Jason, this is Ross, or anything like yeah. that. But... Anybody listening, they probably already know who we are, and they listen to the first episode. I'm saying, mm-hmm. like, maybe somebody from somewhere else. Maybe, like, oh, I'm a fan of Witcher. Let's see what these punk asses have to say about it. It's like, ooh, who are these guys? They never introduce themselves. But, you know, it says on the file, Jason and Ross, so they'll yeah. see that. Uh, but it's just funny. But y'all how- mention, y'all call each other by your name during talking. Hey, Jason, what do you think? Hey, Ross. You know, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, during, that would be, that's okay. And um, I think we're just excited to talk about it, and that's why I just kind of forget it. And then at the very end, I finally remembered, hey, if you guys have any feedback to send us, go ahead and send it. Uh, But I just want to say this, because I am really enjoying, I very much enjoyed the first two Witcher books. I have started the third book. I'm about 28 pages into it. I read. I uh, started reading it last night, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Is that I can't book read- one of the real series now? Yes, this is a novel. And it's so funny because I don't know if this is all in my head. The first two books are books of short stories. But now that I'm reading a novel, I'm like, whoa, there's so- this feels bigger to me. <laughs> uh, this is like uh, this is like big budget blockbuster here. You know, I'm whole- this is all one story, and I feel like that. And it's so funny how even the beginning of the book, you know, I'll talk about this with Ross, but they, it kind of is going back over what we already read in the first two books. For anyone who didn't, uh, you know, this is book one uh, of the Witcher books. It says one on it, but you really should read the short stories first to be like to know what's going on. But I like how they're kind of talking about things that have gone on at the beginning of this book, kind of like. Whoever didn't, they were kind of like, okay, I think I'm getting this. Sure, there's a lot of information early on, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of like, hey, this is for anybody who has no idea what the hell's going on, <laughs> you know? 
but I'm enjoying it so much. And I just want to say this to Lee Everett, who posted in our uh, Entertainment Landfill fan club that he thought the books look childish, that maybe for 12-year-olds. I will say this. I think it's the covers. I think you're committing the cardinal sin of judging a book by its cover. Uh, these were a series of, by a, a Polish author who've been out they've been out since the 90s and then a video came video games came out by a company and people were like oh these are based on books i want to read them a lot of them weren't in english yet we the people had to wait for them to be translated and some of them they translated like they translated the novels first and then translated the short stories later <clears throat> so but what i'm saying is they put covers on them that might entice video game players like of the game the games okay. like oh yeah there's the Geralt I know and it may there might be targeting that might be off putting to yeah but that's not some readers what's if you buy a cover if you read the books the books are uh really amazing and the the world that it's in I love the characterization I love the dialogue and it, you can't judge a book by its cover we all know that they teach you that when you're early on, when you're watching Curious George episodes on PBS, right? I'll say, I'll say when I, I do walk through the bookstore and a cover will draw me in and I'll, I'll read the synopsis. Right. And the cover does pull you in or it can push you yeah. away. I understand I mean, there that. Some, there are some bad Stephen sh- King covers out there, right? Yes. But and, you're not even buying it for the cover. Sometimes you're like, Ugh, but you're like, oh, I just want to get yeah. the book anyway. Like they've done some reprintings of like the shining or whatever in paperback. And you're like, what the hell is this cover here? You so know, it just happened. cover with a weird clown face on it. Like, uh, yeah. Ah. Or, you know what the worst, I I'm just thinking of this when you've read a book that you love, but then they make a movie of it. And then they have the actor from the movie on the book cover, like yeah. at the grocery store. And you're like, Oh, what is this? No. Like, oh. can you imagine the gunslinger and it has Idris Elba on the cover? Uh, not that I have anything against Idris Elba, but it's just like, this isn't the, the this movie isn't a book. Stop doing that. Is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I've, I've uh, joined the, uh, it's a Stephen King, not fan club page. It's a rare book club page on fan, on Facebook. And, uh, you know, it's like people will, they have rules on there. It's like, yeah, you don't print, just don't publish regular crap on here. Right. We want rare stuff. We don't want, you know, if you drew a picture of Pennywise, we don't care. <laughs> you know, we're going to delete it. Your Pennywise we, picture in crayon. Yeah, yeah. Um so, so, anyways, yeah, like you said, though people will push stuff up on there like that, like the the paperback with Idris Elba on it, and they'll be like, "Yeah, that's not rare. Delete this." You know, they'll, 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 they try to be nice. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like it's like, look, that's not what this page is about. We're mm-hmm. we're trying to stick to our guns here and be. You know, and and we're I'm, trying not to be ugly to one another. That's another rule. You know, and sometimes like, I feel like. Uh, I, I'll buy a paperback like these are paperbacks but if the book ends up being super important to me and I love it I'd be like I'm going to hunt down that rare hardback copy mm-hmm. that is gorgeous and I want to own that because I want it on a bookshelf and see it there like I know some people who are huge Witcher fans because I've seen on YouTube or whatever they have the Polish copies and they're like I can't even read these but I just want it on my bookshelf yeah <laughs> And I'm like, I get that. That's pretty cool. Now, do cool. the Polish copies 
book covers look different than the yeah, American yeah. ones. Yeah, so. they have uh, all sorts of because you know they've been out a long time. It's been reprinted a lot of times, yeah, yeah. and there's some really beautiful ornate covers and stuff. And you'll even see if you follow the Witcher hashtag on Twitter, you'll see people they have pictures of their books. Yeah. Like, hey, look, I've got all of them. That's now. what. That's it's, what the people do on the, the yeah. Stephen King website. It's just, like, you know, this here, weird collecting got, thing everyone has. Here's my 30 it's. <laughs> 30 it's. Oh, and my God. And they're different versions. It's like, yeah, here's yeah. the, they have one that's in, uh, it's a wooden box, and it's like got grates on top of it, so it looks like it's underground, you know, and, and it's a this edition that's like $5,000. So we know that we're, <laughs> For, we, we're nuts in certain ways, but not like that. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, I've... Uh, I made my first purchase from one of the guys on the site. He runs mm-hmm. it, you know. He had a collection of Joe Hill books, right. which is Stephen King's son, if people don't know. Anyways. Who? Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I bought, like, eight Joe Hill books. And, like, you know, it's like, wait, here's the... And they're all signed by Joe Hill, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's like... He was trying to clear house, so I've taken one book and went went online looking to see what it was. People are asking for it on eBay, which is like one book was what I paid for all eight of these. You know, right? Like, wow. Okay. Yeah, I got like wh- I bought the. Uh, but lots of people trade on that page. You know, they they sell to each other. I bought a box set of the the three novel three novels of uh, the Witcher for really cheap on Amazon. You know, or I could buy them individually, like at Barnes and Noble, where there'd yeah. be much more. Uh, but there's seven, you know, books in all. So, and I don't think there's a, a box set of all seven, which would be an insane purchase, wouldn't it? And then be heavy. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna buy them all, you might as well buy them all. What yeah, does it I don't think they have a box set like that. Maybe they do in Pol, but in Poland or where, other places. But Stephen, thank you for doing this show with me for. Uh, how many, long did I say? 14, 14 years. years, sir. That's, and by the way, uh, I finally got a drop that this is something that you have said over the years. Back in the 90s when we were huge fans of The Killer, yeah. we'd watch it over and over again. We watched the dub version, yes. you know, and there's a part where the the cop character, he shoots a bad guy and the guy's bleeding to death. He's like, oh. Oh, and he says, God damn you cops, you asshole. <laughs> and then the cop says, finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and for like, for, you would always do that. You all finish your sentence. <laughs> Cause it was so funny. But what's so great about the killer is, uh, the dubbing and you know, how they're Mickey Mouse. Dumbo. Yeah, they don't tell each other their names. He goes, how about I just call you Mickey Mouse? So he goes, okay, well you're Dumbo. And, you know, there's part of, they're like, Mickey Mouse, Dumbo. <laughs> and he's like, uh, Dumbo, give me a gun. And he slides a gun. He's like, you know, shooting and stuff. And then it was like, Mickey Mouse. You know, after <laughs> Chiang Fat, he shot. And he's like, Mickey Mouse. And we're just like, this is ridiculous. But I love it. And I remember when I met Bill, he was like, dude, don't watch the dub version. You got to watch the subtitle. And I'm like, no, dude, you got to watch the dub version because there's like, more entertainment out of there. Don't tell me like, oh, you're you're ruining the seriousness of this John Woo movie. It's like it's ridiculous, you know, and uh, it's got insane action and stuff. 
What? I mean, we would never have gotten. Crazy. Finish your sentence. Finish your sentence. Can you imagine if we were like, oh, let's watch this in our subtitled version? We'd never know how funny that line was. Right. We'd never get that. God damn you, cops, you asshole. Oh, he's like, you asshole. Oh, oh. And he's like, finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> asshole. And then he's dead. Good times. Love it. But that drop, I've tried to look for a scene from the killer, like on YouTube forever. And uh, there's different versions, and I could never find one that sounded right. And I told Adam Sexton that, and he was like, try this one. And I was like, this is it. Thank That's you, Adam Sexton. We've got it, finally. Woohoo! <laughs> in time for our 14-year anniversary. Now, Stephen, uh, it's not a show without voicemail. We've had a lot of voicemails over the years. Why not play some? Sure. All right, let's check out some voicemail. And now it's time to hear some voicemail. All right. Yes, indeed. We got some voicemail. I believe this first one is Ken Proventure. Let's check it out. Well, hello, Entertainment Landfill. This is Ken calling from the L.A. area. And I'm not sure if there's a show this week, but if there is, I'm really looking forward to listening to it, just like I've really been enjoying the last few weeks of uh, content from what I call Nowhere in Mulberry 3.0, The Resurgence. Nice. And uh, just a quick uh, apology for what was a super long voicemail that I left uh, last time. And uh, I remember a few weeks ago, Adam Sexton had also apologized for uh, what I guess was a, a, a really long voicemail. Uh, I'm not sure how long his offending voicemail was, but mine was 10 minutes, which is probably about nine minutes too long. Anyway, so but I'll keep this uh, short and sweet. Uh, first off, great to hear that Fox. Foggy is back. I missed yes, Foggy. Indeed. But what, is, what does this mean for the TRS-80? Uh, is the TRS-80 still around? Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had a Radio Shack, a, a Radio Shack Toshiba TRS-80 Color Computer 2. And that's where I first learned to program BASIC and played, you know, very primitive video games on that. I have very fond memories of it, although we did call it the, the Trash 80. Uh, so I'm a little sentimental about the TRS-80. Is she still around? Is she still going to be uh, jumping in with her voice-synthesized uh, uh, cutting remarks about this and that? I, I really hope that she's that she hasn't been trashed. Uh, anyway, and then the other note is, so Jason, if you are yeah. down for Ghostbusters 2 Mini, and it sounds like you are, I am double down. And uh, if you're taking notes, then uh, it sounds like it's pretty serious, so I'm going to take notes as well. Um, uh, I don't know, well, I'm, I'm not sure what my notes yet will be, but I'm going to predict what your notes will be. So here's, here are some notes that I think you'll be taking as you're re-watching Ghostbusters 2. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Uh, OMG, Ken was right. <laughs> Bill Murray rules. Uh, OMG, this movie makes Ghostbusters 1 look like Police Academy 2. Uh, Peter McNichol, ha 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 ha. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe I ever thought this movie sucked. Exclamation point. Uh, Alright, so those are my predictions. That Those will be your notes, Jason. Well, they'll probably more like be my notes, but whatever. 
I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how this plays out. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I promise short and sweet, too. so I will uh, I will you catch you later. Ciao for now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much. And, you know, it kind of made me sad when you brought up TRS-80 because TRS-80 has been on the fritz lately. And I actually had my entire house automated by TRS-80 for a while. And I didn't really talk about it, but different incidents have happened kind of a weird ghost in the machine like ai action happening yeah like uh one time in the middle of the night baby was outside and there was like a a, a, an opossum on the fence and she wouldn't come in so i went out there and uh sometimes you know i like to sleep in the buff and so i went outside naked trying to get her and (laughs) trs80 locked the back door on me it slammed shut so I was trapped outside naked with a possum and my dog. So I had to do the whole John Ritter, whole baby in front of my privates as I ran around the front of the house kind of thing. I was I was picturing uh, Steve Martin. <laughs> Steve Martin. Yeah. I don't know why I thought John Ritter, but okay. <laughs> Steve Martin would do that. So I had to do that. And I had to pick up the possum for my For the, the back. Backside. Yeah, so I was holding a possum. I could hear it hissing back there, and I was like, I hope this thing doesn't bite me on the ass. <laughs> so uh, Tierra said he's been really acting crazy lately, and I booted it up. And asked TRS-80 if it had a message for you, Ken. And this is what TRS-80 said. It's, uh, here you go. Don't ever forget me, Ken. Remember me, Daisy. Daisy, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. And then blew a circuit, and that's it. Poor TRS-80. Just out. So, uh, crushing on Ken. Well, <laughs> crushing on Ken, yes. <laughs> Tierra said he always had an affinity for Ken. So, uh, hopefully, I can, you know, order some new parts and get it. Uh, you know, it's a shame she got cut off there at the end, huh? Finish your sentence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have another voicemail. I can't remember if this is Rick or Adam Saxton. Let's see who it is. Hello, Entertainment Landfill. It's Rick. Jason, Stephen, I'm still here, baby. <laughs> we love uh, you, Rick. Just wanted to send a quick voicemail because I haven't done it in so long. I'm still listening. Uh, you know, you just get busy and you do stuff and shit goes out the window. I mean, stuff goes out the window. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm still listening and I'm loving the new format. It's really good to have this nostalgic old nowhere in Mulberry slash entertainment landfill new thing it's good to hear it again and i'm loving it the openings have been great they it's like one of my favorites all these like hidden gems of clips and stuff from anyway i'm loving it keep it up don't stop till you get enough don't stop till you get no anyway. <laughs> okay love you guys keep it up love you too rick kisses uh, it's so great to hear from you, Rick. It's been a while. Thanks miss, for listening. Miss the kisses. I'm glad people are digging, like, going back to the old format. I, I dig that. You know, what's funny is because yesterday you were like, I'm not sure I can do a show. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe it's not meant to be. You know, after 14 years, you know when it's just not going to happen. And so I'm not going to bother pulling clips or anything like that. But then this morning, it was right after I dropped Emma off at school. 
I got your text saying, hey, I got an earlier flight so we can do a show tonight. And I was like, oh, shit. Now I got a lot of clips I got to do. <laughs> and I just took my time. I would just thought about what I wanted to do. I thought about different shows and different movies I've watched recently. Uh, last week, Heather and I watched a funny movie called Plus One starring Jack Quaid, the same actor who's in uh, The Boys. And it's the son of Dennis Quaid. He's in this romantic comedy. And uh, I... We thought it was funny. I was like, I'll pull a scene from that. And I was thinking about, you know, when we weren't, when I wasn't doing intros and stuff, what shows did I watch that maybe, and I remember there's a show called The Good Cop on Netflix that I thought was hilarious. It's by the guy who created Monk. Mm-hmm. He did one season of the show. Uh, Tony Danza was in it. And it's about this really goody, goody cop played by Josh Groban of all people. And his dad was a dirty cop who had actually uh, lost his badge and then went to prison. And now he's living with his son. And it's a really funny show. And every episode has this really cool mystery that, you know, they're trying to figure out. And there's these side characters and detectives. And one of them, played by the fantastic actor from The Wire, who I'm blinking on. God, I hate myself when I do this. He, uh, his character... You know, he said Greg Kinnear and the guy goes, why did you say Greg Kinnear? And he goes, because he's semi, you know, famous actor that uh, I just say his name once a day. And he's like, why? And he's like, to prove I don't have Alzheimer's to myself. And it's pretty funny, weird thing to say. But like eight episodes later, you just see him. He's sitting there in one scene and, you know, there's something going on and the camera's just still sitting there and he goes, Greg Kinnear. <laughs> he just says it. And you know why he says it. It's so funny. Um, we have another voicemail. This one from Adam Howard. Did I say Adam Sexton earlier? I meant Adam Howard. Or maybe I just said Adam. Adam. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I just... Um... Finish your sentence. <laughs> I am. We have another voicemail. This one from Adam. Let's check it out. Entertainment Landfill. Adam from the Bay Area here. Just checking in. Saying that I've been enjoying... The shows recently, and I've heard a little birdie, a little birdie tweet, tweet, tweeted me, not on Twitter, <laughs> but literally tweeted in my ear that there was the uh, second book club show being recorded, and it has been recorded, and I'm very excitable. I've, I've been having a difficult time listening um, to the second book just because I've been so dang busy at work and things have needed my concentration more. But, um, you know, it sucks. I really want to stay on top of it, and I want to stay in tune with you guys, and I want to be able to keep up with it. But um, but what I've heard so far has been very interesting. Um, very, very cool. But I've, I've actually had to... Li- I think I'm like... I don't know how far in. I, th- I just finished the, uh, the Golden Dragon part. Okay. And um, <clears throat> for the second time, because I've had to listen to it twice. Because the first time I listened, like I said, I was at work... And I was so busy that I couldn't really, you know, fo- f- get my full uh, attention and focus. So I re-listened to it, and now I'm ready to kind of keep plunging through it. But anyways, um, I am just thinking about you guys here. Um, it's about 8.40 um, West Coast time, Pacific Standard Time. And I'm just thinking, man, are these are the Mulberry Boys going to do it again? Are they going to do another show? I'm really hoping so. <laughs> and I uh, hope you guys have had a great week. I hope everyone's had a great week. And uh, it's the Jason and Steve's show. All right, guys, have a great show. Damn straight. Thanks, Adam. Um, 
I really like that first story, but there's a lot going on. And when you're listening to the audiobook, what's funny is there's a bunch of characters and the voice of the narrator, Peter Kenny, who narrates the Witcher books, he does a fantastic job. He does a voice for everybody. And there's like, you know, 12 characters talking and he's doing a different voice for each one. And then another person talks and then a woman talks, you know, and it's just, I could see how it's like, okay, what's going on here? And I'm glad I read that in text form because then when I listened to the audiobook afterwards, I was just like, I could see how like, you would be like, who are all these people? But you just got to get the information through. I think, you know, yeah. just like you, who cares who's saying this? Here's the information. And sometimes I just like, as long as you get the gist of what's going on, you can keep going. And it's funny doing these uh, shows with Ross. We're pretty much just talking about what happens. And then like, Oh, I really like that part. And we're just kind of laughing and, you know, it's, when you read a book and you're excited about something and you have nobody to talk to, it's great. Uh, then talking to someone about it and we're just having fun and kind of like this giddy excitement about it. And I'm hoping that some other people can join us eventually when people catch up, Steven, you're almost there, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about halfway through the first book still. I didn't get a lot of reading done this week. So you haven't come in contact with a character named after a flower yet? No. Okay. That's when I know you're uh, getting there. All right. We have a voicemail that has just come in. Foggy just handed this to me on disc. Hot off the press. Yeah, on floppy disc. This is uh, Adam Saxton with a voicemail. Let's check it out. Hello, Entertainment Landfill crew. This is Adam Saxton sending you a voicemail. Uh, for tonight's episode, I'll try to keep it short and sweet because the uh, podcast is no doubt starting live right now and I've got to get back to work. Uh, first off, Jaystrom, thank you so much for the ETL Spotlight episode, which, if some of you haven't heard it, is basically a reposting of the episode of Passing the Pending where Jason and I uh, geeked out with each other uh, for about nearly three hours. And uh, I was glad for the uh exposure uh jason told me that as of two days ago the episode had been downloaded some 83 times so hopefully yes that will bring uh uh people to my podcast but really i just hope you'll just keep redirecting them to etl because i think that's the far more polished and better podcast so anyway i'm grateful for the gesture and it made me re-listen to the episode and it remains uh an episode that i'm very proud of to have created uh i was glad to see to hear i should say that foggy has returned so that uh the sound drop domination is rebalanced and can continue uh i was i'm sure we were all happy to hear from ken preventure with his voicemail uh i was a little puzzled and amused that he on the facebook fan page felt the need to either apologize for the length of his voicemail when really his voicemails tend to be at least 10 minutes long. I, uh, I think an argument can be made that his voicemails are longer than anyone else's in the history of the podcast. Uh, uh, unless of course I'm forgetting someone, but, uh, maybe he just felt he had to cover so much ground because we haven't heard from him in a long while, but, um, you know, don't be a, don't be ashamed of doing that, uh, Ken. Just keep it up. And uh, I am looking forward to that 
Ghostbusters 2 movie mini that will drop in October. I'm looking forward to the argument that 2 could be better than 1. <laughs> uh, but even though, even though that sounds crazy, but oh uh, we'll... We'll just have to hear your arguments and uh, see where, see for ourselves. Uh, moving on, uh, one more thing about Ken's voicemail. He mentioned once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, and uh, and asked this question about what is it that Tarantino is trying to say. Well, having seen it four times, it's not really just trying to say one thing. Uh, you could say that it's about uh, male relationships or male friendships and how they change over time or how they evolve or they don't. And uh, he captured that aspect beautifully. But why did he do Los Angeles in the late 60s, particular, in particular that last year? Well, I've often read that when most people think about the 60s, they're usually thinking about the last two or three years where uh, a lot of things happen that uh, cast like this cynical or skeptical um, cloud over the whole nation where uh, too many political leaders and activists uh, had been assassinated. Uh, the Manson killings uh, obviously put a bad, uh, bad taste in everyone's mouths. And Tarantino was just trying to recreate the period, but also not let it be drowned out by the things that had dominated uh, our pop culture headspace since then. That's why Sharon Tate is no longer being seen as a murder victim. The Manson family is not seen as these late 20th century boogeymen, but just a bunch of dirty hippies who were manipulated by a narcissist who wanted them to commit murder as like prelude to a race war or whatever, but it's, it's, uh, it's got a lot of depth to it more so than I think Tarantino movies usually are, or at least they are at first glance. So, uh, I still hold that, that movie is the best of the year and one of Tarantino's best, but maybe on another voicemail, you can, uh, tell us what you think. Uh, moving on, um, Jason, I'm, I remember you saying that you hope I will watch Below Deck Mediterranean, buddy. That's not going to happen any more <laughs> than uh, me ever watching an episode of The Will Wheaton Project. Just forget it, man. It is your job to watch these crappy shows, recap them, and uh, do it for our benefit. You're the one who has to do the hard work here. I cannot be a part of that. Um, so anyway, I'm getting to the end, so I... Of course, like everyone else knows, that it is the 14th anniversary of this podcast. And and I've chimed in with voicemails about anniversaries in the past, and I don't want to get into the danger of repeating myself. Anyone who's been listening probably knows that I am grateful for this podcast and everything that it's done for me as a source of entertainment and as a uh, source of, uh, you know, communication between me and uh, kindred spirits about the things that we love or just basically life in general. And uh, I mean, it's influence uh, is far more affecting than maybe I can realize, or maybe I'm able to uh, describe. And I guess the one thing that I can say that's different from past anniversary voicemails is that I read 
I, I was looking at one of the books that I own uh, in my house, which is called uh, Guided by Voices, A Brief History by James Greer, and it's a kind of like a biography of the band Guided by Voices. I don't know if it, uh, anyone listening is a fan of them, but the introduction to that book was done by Steven, Steven Soderbergh, who is a fan of the band, and his introduction is just basically 31 uh, facts or opinions that he has of the band, and they're very funny, and some of them are very thoughtful. And one of it, one of them that made me think of ETL is basically this. Um, uh, I think it goes something like, "Guided by Voices" is not a popular band because people are stupid, and yet it's good that "Guided by Voices" is not popular. So therefore, it's good that people are stupid. And I guess what he's trying to say by that is. Um, this is uh, ETL is a very is a very good podcast in terms of its production, in terms of its topics, and in terms of just how long it's lasted. It's got this niche. If I'm saying that properly, I probably am not uh, this cult quality to it. And no, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't rank at the top of the charts of iTunes or whatever. But it doesn't need to. Its its quality has always uh, been apparent, and I'm glad that you, Jason, and Stephen, keep up the show and you keep the spirit up after all these years and after all the mutations and changes. And that's something that I hope that keeps going. So uh, I'm glad to uh, be a listener to it uh, and to be a contributor to it and. Uh, just uh, keep the keep the good work coming, keep the conversation going, and uh, fans like me will always listen to it. So with that out of the way, got to get back to work, and uh, I will look forward to listening to this podcast when it gets released. Check you later. Bye. Thank you, Adam. That was really nice of you. That was awesome. Thank you very much, guys, for all of your voicemail. And what do you say, Stephen? We check out some entertainment! You know, we don't have much to talk about with entertainment. Have you seen any films? Any films? You saw something. What did you see? You saw the the movie with the little kids who... The Good Boys? Oh, good yeah, boys. yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? Funny? It was funny, yes. A lot of dildos? Yes. Because <laughs> you remember, like, in Rotten Tomatoes, everyone was talking about... I was like, wow, there now, must be... there was uh, an inappropriately young child sitting two seats away from me. It Were you like, like, oh, this doesn't... Eight years old, maybe six to eight years old, and... When the father laughed or the mom laughed, the little kid laughed. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, you don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> Stupid kid. <laughs> Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Stupid kid. And, you know, of course, I'm going to get the the mom who was with their cell phone. It's like, you're in a movie. Just put it down for two hours. Do please. you ever want to go, why did you come to the movies? Yes. One day I'm going to do that. Like, or I'll just get up and go stand in front of them. Yeah. Well, you're not paying attention, so it doesn't matter where I am at. But, uh, yeah, it was a silly movie. I mean, like I said, it's equivalent to a super bad, just kid version. And uh, they're coming to terms with, you know, going to the next grade. Was it outrageous? 
at times. Because, yeah. you know, Seth Rogen, he produced it. <laughs> but, yeah, it was it was fun. It was, you know, was it as good as Superbad? Eh, probably not. You know, you don't... I don't know if I... I, I did relate to some of those kids, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. So, you know, when it comes on, like, cable soon, I'm going to watch it. It's going to be pretty yeah, yeah. funny. Yeah, like the little kids, you know, they, would, they stole a beer, and it's like... To prove you're tough, and it's just like, how many sips you gonna take? You know, so and so's got the most sips with four. <laughs> you know, so four sips was the most. You know, take one sip. Do they do the Shazam it, joke where they realize it tastes like crap? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh god, this is terrible. That was my favorite part of Shazam when they finally drink the beer and they're like, <laughs> like, oh, why do people want to drink this? Because that's like every kid has that reaction probably when they try beer the first time. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Why this do you is, drink this? Why, why are people drinking I, this? I think we I did that as a kid with my dad's, you know, he'd give you a little sip. And he's like, you know, they, I think we all, they did it to. Also, like, the first time you ever try, like, liquor, like, whiskey, it's like, hey, let's see what this is all about. All the cowboys like it in movies and stuff. Let me... It's like... I don't understand. The only reason people would drink whiskey is because they hate themselves, right? (laughs) I'm going to punish myself right now. I don't understand. Well, if you mix it in with something, if you're drinking it straight, I mean, there's some that isn't bad straight. Hmm. It's not as harsh... If you're going for the crap whiskey, the wild turkey chunk that's like that, that's just kind of harsh. Right. I mean, I guess I'm just saying wild turkey because that came off the top of my head. I'm not saying that's a junk one, but if people get offended by that. (laughs) Hey, man. That's my whiskey. (laughs) Well, uh, also, Stephen, uh, It Chapter 2 comes out. Right. This weekend. And one thing, we'll talk about the reviews for it, like in uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but one thing I keep reading about it is that it's two hours and 50 minutes long. It's nearly three hours long. Gotcha. And uh, some people who I follow on Twitter, film type people, have talked about how the original film, Kerry Fukunaga, who did uh, uh, True Detective on HBO the first season... He pretty much put the first film together and then walked off the film uh, over creative differences. So they hired the new director, Andy Muschietti, and they uh, took the script that Kerry Fukunaga had and put together and they rewrote it. But pretty much the blueprint was there for the first It movie. And a lot of people ca- uh, credit Kerry Fukunaga, who uh, left the project with that. Now, and what when somebody uh, stated this, and I was like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. They didn't have him for part two, chapter right. two. They didn't have like his, uh, his interesting ideas, his blueprint of how to lay out the story. And uh, some things that I've read about this have been something that I'm, I was worried about to begin with, and that is the uh the narrative the uh the the film structure is kind of a mess the voice and that when you hear a movie's 2 hours and 50 minutes that's somebody who's not making decisions they're just like just put it all in there yeah and as you know i know it's just an action movie but hobbs and shaw i thought that was way too long right now how i mean essentially this is a horror movie 
Do you want to see a three-hour horror movie, Stephen? I mean, you're, if you're a fan of the book, yeah, you want to see that, right? Right. But what if it doesn't follow the book? What if they just create more stuff and it just more scares? And what I've uh, I, heard... Yeah, you don't want the the bad jump scares that... Right, uh, and the first one did have jump scares. Yeah, 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 but I mean, they the did, bad ones. I mean, like... The, they get tiresome after a while. Yeah. And... They don't work after a while anymore. You're like, okay, here we go again. Uh, oh, yeah, me. Uh. Kind of reminds me of that episode of SpongeBob. Do you remember when the uh, the ghost of the uh, pirate keeps scaring SpongeBob? Yeah. And finally, SpongeBob has been scared out, and he's just like, and SpongeBob's like, yeah, okay. And he's just like walking around, opens the fridge. He's like in the fridge, and he's like, oh, yeah, okay. And he's just like, whoa, what's going on? And SpongeBob's just had enough. <laughs> That's what it's like. When you watch a three-hour horror movie, how are we going to not be fatigued out? Right. They need intermissions back in films, right? <laughs> if you're, I mean, some if you're a were, certain length of time, yes. Some people were saying that about uh, Endgame. Now, I didn't feel that way in Endgame, but I'm just thinking about a horror movie. Uh, three hours just feels like a long time. I don't know. How long was the first one? The first It version? Do you I know? don't know. Maybe two hours? I don't, I, didn't, I don't think it was that long, but I'm... Basically, I'm saying this. At one point, like when we finished, when we saw it in the theater, remember I brought Emma and we had a good, rollicking good time, you know, getting our asses scared off. Well, there's a couple good jump scares there, but uh, I get tired of the whole, I don't think Pennywise is that scary, to tell you the truth. He's supposed to, you know, supposed to scare the living shit out of us, but the thing is, I've always had a problem with, I don't understand what the hell Pennywise is doing half the time. Uh, you know, I've told you this several times, like, is, can he kill you at any time? What are the rules? Like, is, right. he, is he coming after them or just trying to scare them right now and he's going to get them later? I don't understand. Like, how come the boy at the beginning, he decides to eat him and bite his arm off and take him? But the other ones, he decides to scare you, but he's not going to get you right now. I don't understand. I think he has to get you alone. You can't... He won't get you when you're with others. Okay. I think that's one of the things. Now, anything but, else I'm guessing. But do you, you, know? but do you think they need to establish <coughs> the rules better? Something uh, about that bothers me. I was thinking of like Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, t- TV series, and I stopped watching it because they had no rules anymore. In the films, they had rules. The Evil Dead come out at night. During mm-hmm. the daytime, they go away. So you know during the day, you're, you're fine. But in the show, it's like, nah, man, they're just around all the time. They could do anything. They could kill the person Ash is talking to. And just like that. And he could go to a diner and the evil dead could take over all the patrons there in the middle of the day. And I'm like, well, it's just too much guys. Chill out. You know, there's gotta be rules and I'm sorry, but you know, podcasting rules, who cares about that? But I need horror movie rules, Steven, you know, (laughs) Gremlins, wait, don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them in the water. You're not playing by the rules with a 30-minute podcast. <laughs> I think we're already th- over 30 minutes. But <laughs> Anyway, uh, 
that's it with, for entertainment. I don't know what else so is out. So it part one was two hours and 15 minutes. Okay, well, this is two hours and 50 friggin' minutes. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Are you planning on seeing it? Uh, probably next weekend. Yeah, it's funny. Is I was like, oh, that's out? Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that in Rotten Tomatoes, guys. But well, right now, let's see what's on our Rokus, huh? Let's do it. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It's time for what's on our Roku and what you've been watching. And I want to remember to say this, you know, I don't have my little checklist in front of me, but <laughs> Stephen, Heather and I, we watched the entire season of Carnival Row on Amazon. That is the show starring, uh, oh, Jesus, gee, Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne. Okay. Uh, it's a show where fairies exist. It's kind of like this cool kind of steampunkish thing. I will say this, just like the boys who did Amazon Prime, it looks like they spent $200 million on the series. The effects are yes. awesome. The The look of the show is fantastic. The, the world they've uh, created looks amazing. And even like there's this beastie creature. I thought, like, this is movie quality stuff here these effects here it looks fantastic and uh i was basically what the show is about is we uh living in a world where fairies and uh pucks and trolls and stuff like that exist and the way humans treat them like second class citizens so really you could say the whole thing's an allegory to uh racial discrimination yes and that's exactly what the show is, and they're uh, treating them like crap and stuff. They're they're all integrated into one city together, and Carnival Row is kind of the the street where like it has the pixie brothels and stuff like that. And uh, the show's hatred and intolerance can be exhausting because there's only so long you could see somebody treated horribly, right? But I think Orlando Bloom does a fantastic job. He's a cop investigating these murders that are happening. And Cara Delevingne, as his uh, former love, who's also a fairy who has wings and can fly and stuff like that. And I think it's really cool. And it sets up the next season in a very depressing note. Like Heather and I, Heather was like, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. It's so depressing. But you like the characters, though. Yeah. It's like... You love the characters in a shitty world. And uh, I, you know, I think you might dig it. I mean, it's good, but it's also depressing as shit at the same time, uh, you know. Uh, so if anybody wants to check that out, Carnival Row. Uh, good, I just, but depressing. I think that <laughs> the, it just looks amazing. I, you can tell that, you know, they're like. The guy from Jurassic Park, spare no expense. You know, spend as much money as you want. We're Amazon. We don't even pay taxes. <laughs> you know, so uh, they can do that. I mean, you know, Amazon is working on a Lord of the Rings series. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, how is this going to stand up to the Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson films? And I'm like, I'll tell you how. By spending $250 million on the production. That's how, uh, you know, eight episodes, you know. 
the movies, the extended editions, are as long as a TV show, like a season on Netflix or something, right? Right. So, I don't know. I'm just talking here. Now, Stephen, Gordon Ramsay, Uncharted. I don't. I think the series might be over now. It was six episodes. The final episode, he went to Alaska. Okay. And he was freezing his ass off in Alaska. And he's walking through the snow, and he's like, oh damn 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 it's freezing here you know and the guy's like hey when i'm out here you know i bring myself a lunch and i have some stuff to eat while in the freezing cold it kind of warms up your body and stuff and he's like all right well let's see it and so here's a bit of what he feeds gordon ramsay <laughs> while they're walking in uh ice planet hoth basically last one's all about survival yep so you used to this kind of terrain for like six, seven months of the year? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. When Alaska turns green, that's when we do a lot of our foraging, right. our hunting, our fishing, and we do our best to preserve these ingredients so yeah. that we have them throughout the wintertime. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and some of those ingredients I brought with us, and I want to share with you. This mug. Thank you. I'm going to give you some uh, chaga tea to warm you up. Chaga is a, a mushroom that's harvested on birch trees. There's a little bit of fireweed honey in this. Beautiful. All right. Thank you. Wow. Oh, it's high in antioxidants, along yeah. with other vitamins. It's nice. a fungus. That's delicious. That honey helps it as well, doesn't it? Give that little touch of sweetness in there as well. Yes. And then I also brought some other goodies for us. What is that? Moose sticks. Moose sticks? Yes. <laughs> Stop messing around. No, moose. I'm, I'm serious. Moose sticks? Yes. So it's like a moose sausage? Correct. <laughs> it's like... It's quiet. I eat a lot of these when I go hunting, but you don't want the deer to hear you chew, right? Right. So you got to keep as quiet as possible. Are you still hungry? This right here is King Salmon Belly. King Salmon Belly? Uh Uh-huh. That is delicious. Fatty, delicious, salty, smoky. Mm Mm-hmm. And this we smoke for about eight hours. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most exciting little backpacks I've ever seen on a mountain. Um, My favorite has to be the moose stick. Thank you. His favorite's the moose stick. Moose sticks. I was like, excuse me, you gotta come again? Whoa, what is this? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And he went to this village where they ate seal. Uh-huh. And I was like, the seals are like the most adorable creatures. And they're sitting here. It's like, there, they eat them. And the guy was like, uh, the lungs, they're very important. You have to blow air into them and puff them up and... Uh, and then Gordon's like, can I try it? And he's like sticking the, like, you know, he's got the bronchial tube. Yeah, the bronchial tube in his mouth. And I'm like, why is he doing this? And there's a little girl. She was like braiding the intestines. And Gordon's Ooh. like, intestines? Why are you braiding the intestines? And she's like, well, you know, because we like to hang them up. And he's uh, like, oh, okay. And I was like, that does not explain why you're braiding them. <laughs> Just bizarre. Hanging up and we have intestine curtains. (laughs) And there was this stuff. It's called Old Man's Beard. It's some kind of... uh, Some kind of uh, plant that grows and you can make tea. And he's like, uh, where would he get the old man's beard? And he goes, well, we got to climb way up there. It's only on like the highest peaks here. So they do this long sequence where they're mountain climbing and, you know, Gordon like can barely make it. It's freezing cold. And finally he's like, oh, oh man, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And he's like, well, we got the, we got the old man's beard here and, you know, I got the hot water. Let's just make some tea here. And he's like, hmm, that's pretty good. And he's like, Wow. What'd you go through for tea here? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So later on, he goes hunting with this guy with a rifle. And he goes, hey, um, 
on these trees here. And he's like, yeah. He's like, is that old man's beard, the plant? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's all over this, all over here. And he goes, I met a guy earlier. He said you can only get it from the highest peaks, and we had to climb up a mm-hmm. a, a mountain. And uh, and he goes, oh, I think he was just having some fun with you, Gordon. He's like, Boston. Damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. I thought that was hilarious. Now, Stephen, on Below Deck Mediterranean... Adam's favorite. <laughs> Adam Sexton's favorite show. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, as I said before, I love the show. It's ridiculous. Uh, Colin, who's a deckhand on the show, he... And a drunkard. He hurts himself. No, that's Travis. Oh, Travis. Colin, he's like the really nice guy. Oh. He falls and hurts himself. And the previous season, his mother and father came to visit him. And they're like the sweetest people in the world. And she's like, oh, Carly, I love you. I miss you so much. You know, she talks just like that. It's like, oh, look at these people. And she's pinching people on the cheek. <laughs> so he hurts himself and he nearly breaks his wrist. So he's got to call his mom and tell her that he's hurt. And I just love the way she reacts to everything. You could tell that he was really babied, by the way, you know. And also, you know, they've got a new chef named Ben, who's been on previous seasons of the show. He's uh, quite the personality. And everybody's used to and tired of Travis when they go out drinking because he gets wasted. Like even Hannah says, hey, you're not going to drink like that tonight. Are you? He's like, I'm going to do whatever I want. You know, something nagging me. And it's just like, okay, forget it. And he keeps talking about he can't wait to have some vodka and Red Bulls. That's like his favorite, right? It sounds really gross. <laughs> uh, so why don't they just go off and leave him and let him do his thing? And- I, well, that's the thing. They do. Hannah's like, I'm done with you. I'm not going to worry about it. There's, you know, he's dancing. He drops smashed glass, goes everywhere his drink. She's like, mm, he's not with me. And Ben, he's the new guy, and he's like, well, let me help this guy out. And he's, like, holding him and carrying him. And he realizes, oh, shit, now I realize what's going on. No, Everyone's tired of him. Now I've got the drunk guy duty. And, and here, let's check this out, Steven. That's all okay. I have to say here. And first, Colin calls his mom. Hi, Colin. I'm surprised to hear you. I thought you were going to go for a couple of days. Yeah, what's the hospital? Holy cow, Colin. What happened? <laughs> I tripped on the boat and fell on my wrist pretty good, and uh, it's inflamed. Oh, my gosh. What did they put you on, Colin? I don't know, Ma. I haven't even taken any of the pills yet. So, okay, as long as they're not, like, opioids. <laughs> no, I think, it's, I think it's all right. It's hard for you to get, like, a desk job. I know. I keep hurting myself. Will you be able to work? Yeah, I'll be all right. Dad's saying, hang in there, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Okay, honey, I love you. I love you, too. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> So you're really holding a grudge, hey? No, it's old. What's old? It's just f***ing conflicting. All the time, it's just f***ing shit. We'll do 10 days and that's it. I just need to get through two more weeks of work and then I never have to deal with you giving me sh ever again. You're so weird. Cool. <laughs> Jack, you poured the shit out of this motherfucker. If I wake up in a dumpster, I'll be happy. Travis is on one part. And it's destruction tonight, I can see it, but really? Listen, we all know I've been drunk before. (laughs) What I'm learning is there's drunk, and then there's Travis drunk. Okay to get drunk like that every single time you drink. Are you gonna be alright doing this? Yes. Okay, can you hold on to the railing with? Bull. 
I was looking forward to actually blowing off some steam and familiarizing myself with my new crew. All right, you're fine. But apparently I'm their bloody babysitter. Let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's get in there, you bastard. All right, now I mean, it's the kind of thing where, like, you just need to let him get arrested in yeah. the drunk tank, right? He's his own person. But, you know, like, Hannah, is like, she's like... It's not, it's not your best friend, and it's not a drunk that he's on for a breakup or lost yeah. his job or something. He's just something. like, I'm off. It's I like just, to drink. And yeah. She's like, I, you know, if I worry he, about you and I care about you. You shouldn't drink like this. He's like, get out of my business. Like, leave me alone. You're not my girlfriend. As soon as he said that, I'd be like, you're on your own. We're out. Yeah, I would just like cut him off. <clears throat> like, just, you know what? Just shut up. Finish your sentence. Yeah, I was just like, finish your sentence. Uh, what's funny is the scene to next week that shows him, the captain is talking to him and she's like, I can smell liquor on your breath. And he's just like, what? And it's like, oh, got to tune in next week, Stephen. I'm hooked. And the uh, Chronicles of an Alcoholic. Now, Stephen, BH90210, all caught up? Not this week's. Not this week. Okay. That's good. That's for tomorrow. Now, I've got to spoil something. Is that okay? I guess so. <laughs> you guess so? <laughs> Now, first of all, Stephen, you and I, I don't know if anybody uh, under, truly understands this, is Stephen and I watched Beverly Hills 90210 together as it aired originally. Yes. So we know this show. And this episode, I feel like it's the 14th year anniversary of the show, of our show, Entertainment Landfill. And they were like, let's do something special for those guys. Let's put in a little Easter egg for these guys that would make them laugh. And boy, did they, Steven. I was laughing out loud, thinking of you the entire time. <laughs> You're not going to believe this. It's so funny. And I was just like, oh, my God, I wish Steven was here right now. They've uh, Tori thinks she's figured out who the stalker is right you know it's not david david's assistant because assistant. that turns out to be yeah, his, his son, son. and so alleged son and she's like i think i know i know who it is and she takes them all to this place and then this happens okay you ready okay. get ready steven <laughs> oh my god i know who it is the stalker <laughs> Well, can we get a beer? I'm the designated driver. Tonight. I would like a beer, please. Holy crap! I hear a voice in my mind. Man, is that really him? Yes, it is. Wait, wait. You know that guy? He was on 90210. Jamie Walters. Ray Pruitt. Still nothing. Season six. There was a season six. So they say. So Ray dated Donna, and then Ray pushed Donna down the stairs. It got a little dark. <laughs> yeah, and he took the blame for it in real life. The actor. Yeah, isn't that crazy? The fans started hating him because he pushed Donna down the stairs. It totally messed up his career. Poor guy. Couldn't get arrested after that. How do you talk to an angel? Still singing this song. The graffiti that was on our stage door. Stop acting like I'm not even here. That is exactly what Ray said to Donna before he pushed her down the stairs. He's the stalker. Mystery song. This makes sense. He knows about the reboot. This is triggering him. It's amazing the things that people hold on to. Siri, how many seasons of 90210 were there? Hey, look who's here, everyone. It's the original cast of 90210. Ooh. 
Hey, guys, thanks for coming out. So it was you all along. You're a psycho. It's a psycho. Whoa, whoa, what? Stop acting like I'm not even here. I'm calling the authorities. Nice to see you guys, too. What are, what are we talking about? Oh, come on. Like you don't know. Dude, Jamie, you cut my head off. You severed my limbs. You sliced my arms. Jamie, we understand you're mad. I am not mad. You're not mad. You're obsessed with us. How can nobody answer 911? Will somebody please tell me what we're talking about here? You threatened us and stalked us so much that I got freaked out and that I had to have a bodyguard follow me around. Listen, whatever you guys think I did... We think you burned down our sets. What are you talking about? And also, who are you? Who am I? Who are you? Ray Pruitt, 1T, season six... Yeah, still nothing. Look, someone burned down our sound stages. You guys know I quit acting and became a firefighter, right? I put out fires. I don't start them. Why are you guys accusing me of this stuff? Because you pushed me down the stairs. Well, my character. Remember all the hate mail you got over that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much ruined my acting career. You don't think maybe it had anything to do with that song? Which was great (laughs) because I ended up doing something so much better with my life. A lot more important than being an actor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Guys, look, I, I try to help people <laughs> and save lives. Oh, my God, me too. <laughs> nice. You guys, uh, this is Jason. He says he wants to tell us something. Hey, Jason, what's up? Long time. Hey, Jamie. Guys. Good news. They caught the guy who said fire to the stage. We're back. Jamie, I'm so sorry. For what, ruining my acting career or falsely accusing me of arson and terrorism? How can we make it up to you? I have an idea. How do you talk to an angel? How do you hold her close to where you are? How do you talk to an angel? It's like trying to catch a falling star. Yeah! That was awesome! I thought that was so funny. That was genius because I honestly, that was nowhere in my mind. Like me, I was thinking, who could, who could this be? I never even crossed my mind. And so when it, you start hearing that guitar, I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) I started laughing. And here's what's so funny is I don't even remember how, did you buy me the cassette single? Yes. It's a, was it like a a Christmas joke? Yeah, it was a Christmas uh, joke. And it was like, I opened it up and it was Jamie Walters. Was it uh, like, it he was, also had a song called Hold On, like, hold oh, on yeah, to yeah. me tonight. And was it like a one side was talk to an angel, yeah. the other side was hold on. And that was so funny. So I had that, like, and, you know, he had the cool stick up yeah. here or whatever and his guitar. And uh, I always thought that was so dumb that I remember reading that, that people would send him hate mail. It's like, he's an actor playing an abusive boyfriend. He's not really an abusive <laughs> boyfriend. That's so funny. But the fact that they brought him in for this episode, I had to look it up on YouTube. And I was like, I want to see that. Yeah, I when wish he- you still had that cassette single. I would laugh. <laughs> well, I wanted to see where he pushes her down the stairs. So remember this? mad about yeah. missing the thing with your mother? Look, we just let it drop. I need a break. What's so funny here what, is the, the YouTube no, clip is called low. Ray Pruitt introduces Donna to a flight of and stairs. Maybe I go back to LA That's what it's band, called. What let I me just cut to. He's like, I can't deal with this. Why are you so mad at me? Because you make me mad. You know what? I have to go work on my speech. No. <laughs> oh, you're hurting me. Oh, my God. You're going to listen to me. Ah! Donna. Oh. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Why did the person?
person. Uh, why did the person have the womp womp? That's so funny. <laughs> and I saw all the comments were like, "What's with the womp womp at the end?" And I was like, "Because it's hilarious." Like the guy put that on there, and then he was like, he added that. <laughs> funny Uh, and it's so funny like it was almost like his character he was like a really sweet guy and he was a musician you know his mom was sick and he was taking care of her and then like the next season turned into a jackass yeah they were like well how can we punch this up let's make him an abusive boyfriend he just starts beating on donna for some reason i was like what this is a weird about face isn't it i think it's because they it kind of reminded me of uh the gay character on uh, Melrose Place. What was his name? Oh. Uh, I forget his name. Damn it. Uh, but he had nothing to do on the show. And then like the next season, they're like, let's make him evil. And it's like, yeah. And so he became this evil conniving guy. And that's like, they didn't know what to do with him. So they made Jamie Walters evil. Ray Pruitt. <laughs> and, you know, the whole shtick is that Shannon Dory's like, who are you? I don't remember you. He's like, I was in season six. She's like, there were six seasons of the show. And then she asked Siri how many there are. And I had to look up. Were there 12 12, seasons? 12 seasons. And I didn't even realize this. You know, Luke Perry left the show for a while. He came back for the final season. Yes. And uh, Jason Priestley, he left the show. And I don't think he ever came back. I think he directed some episodes. But, oh, my God, that was so funny. (laughs) Oh, God, that was so funny, Steven. So, Stephen, what do you say we take a break and we'll be right back and we'll do some news and some DVDs. Sound good? Yes. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back, everybody, in 10 minutes. I'm calling the authorities. A new racing team is shifting into gear. Mask. Pull over, bullet. Uh-oh, got a bit of iguana on my tail. Bulldog, prepare to assist. Mask vehicles each sold separately with a figure the bike or feel my blade engage cover mode we're going fishing mask on fire where illusion is the ultimate weapon mask bulldog iguana and bullet each sold separately new from kenner okay tom go get him not now Tom. i'm winning when you play the alphabet serial letter game sweepstakes you can win a thousand dollars and other great prizes there's one puzzle book in each specially marked box of alphabet serial solve the puzzle and mail it in more than a hundred will win. For free entry, write Alphabet Serial Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 853, Churchill, Maryland 21690. Come on, play ball! Keebler presents the appealing taste of baked potato skins in a crunchy chip. Potato skins got baked potato appeal, cause they're made with potatoes and skins that are real. The Keebler elves make potato skin snack chips with real potatoes and skins. Cheddar cheese and bacon, sour cream and chives, tasty baked potatoes. And they finally got barbecue flavor too. They're made with potatoes and skins that are real. Potato skins and Keebler, baked potato appeal. Now there's a real juice just for you.
I thought I'd tried it all. Then one day, new Hostess Chocobliss. Whoa, check that super chocolatey icing. Awesome! Ooh! Hey, whipped chocolatey cream inside. XO! Two devil's food cakes. Come on, how chocolatey can it taste? Want some? New Hostess Choco Bliss is chocolatey on top of chocolatey with chocolatey in between. Yeah! New Hostess Choco Bliss is triple chocolatey out of control. Yeah! Silver Hawks, partly metal, partly real, mighty warriors with the powers to protect space from all evil. Bustle's busting out. Shredding it too. Stargazer's seen us. Figures with weapon birds sold separately. Flybird, Surgery Report, Quicksilver, Activate Power Wings, Gallywalk, Brigade Scissor Wings. Now take him down. Mumbo Jumbo Airshot. It's hero stomping time. No way. Buzzsaw with Shredder, Quicksilver with Talihawk. Other figures with weapon birds sold separately. Silver Hawks, new from Kenner. Hi, I'm Valerie Harper, and I'll be right back with one to grow on. Kellogg's Rice Krispies, the part of this complete breakfast that goes... Rice Krispies. Have you heard how good they are? What's that? Oh, nothing. Just something personal. Oh, well. I was just wondering if you were going to... Here's that book you were looking for. I didn't know you got a D in math. Rochelle did tell Emily it was private, and Emily read it anyway. Now, that wasn't good. See, it's not nice to be nosy. But on the other hand, if you truly don't want people to nose around in your business, then don't help them. Don't leave it out in plain sight. Put it away. You're awfully nosy. That's private. You left it out. So how would you like it if I went through your stuff? This is interesting. Hey, I didn't want anyone to see that. Well, now you know how it feels. And that's one to grow on. All right, remember, stick to the game plan. Right. Point one, make them come to you. Point two, never look hungry. Oh, that's so big on chocolate. Yeah, chocolate after here. Let's not forget point three. What's that? No when points one and two aren't working. It's hard to keep them on the rest of Sunkiss searches and searches for fun fruit trees. The only trees plenty enough to grow Sunkiss fun fruits. Every chewy one is real fruity fun. And now you can join the search for the fun fruit treasure. You could win one of over 20,000 prizes. Write to Box 1116, Grand Rapids, Minnesota 55745. Or you could look for clues on specially marked boxes. What's scary? Bounces and has a face only a mother could love. Ugly Ball. You can get one free from Bunkers Chewy Candy by sending ten outside wrappers to Bunkers Ugly Ball, Box 1197, Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Ugly Balls from Bunkers. You'll love them. 
I'm rooting for a terrific flavor from bonkers chewy candy. Chewy chocolate bonkers. Rich chocolate outside, dark fudge inside. The delicious chocolatey taste of chewy chocolate bonkers bonks you out. I hope you're hungry. This burger's a monster. Yum, yum, yum. Yum, yum, yum. 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 Beasley, it's Burger Store's Quick! Nice work. Oh, no. Hot dog is on. I can't look. Beasley, it's too quiet around here. I like new Beagles cookies because we've got two kinds of cream inside. He likes Beagles' funny faces. There's fudge of vanilla cream in each one. I can't believe how good this is. New Giggles cookies. Two kinds of cream in each funny face. Are you going to eat that? My name is Mr. Bubble. Let me show you tubs of fun. You can be a bubble With Mr. Bubble. You can have some bubble tubs. With Mr. Bubble. With Mr. Bubble, I'm safe and gentle, and I make getting clean almost as much fun as getting dirty. Have a tub of fun with Mr. Bubble. He makes getting clean almost as much fun as getting dirty, Mr. Bubble. Hey, you say you're getting tired of lettuce and tomato hamburgers in this town that don't quite make it? Yeah! You say that just once you'd like your hamburger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time? Yeah! Well, I say you got it. I'm talking McDonald's new lettuce and tomato hamburger, the McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. The new McDLT. Hot, hot. Crisp lettuce and tomato on the cool, cool side. And the cool stays cool. The new McDLT. Cool, crisp. The beef stays hot. The cool stays crisp. Put it together, you can't resist. The hottest taste, the coolest dish. Keep it hot, hot. Keep it cool, cool. Make the LT. 
show and i hope you guys are, are ready i hope you had a hell of a piss arnold <laughs> we did uh so that's my joke <laughs> so what do you guys say we um uh finish your sentence uh do some news Steven, did you know there's going to be another Bad Boys movie? Oh my god! That's right! There's going to be a new Bad Boys movie. Are you a fan of the first oh. two? <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I've seen either one of them. The Bad Boys for Life trailer shows up and there are no rules besides blowing stuff up. I can't say I'm especially excited about this. There's no telling whether Bad Boys for Life, the Bad Boys 2 follow-up, at least a decade in the making, will be any good or not. If only because, you know, it's not out yet. But what I can say is that it looks comfortably familiar. You know what's funny? I just thought of something. Uh, Recently on Twitter, Drew McWeeny retweeted this writer who basically was fired from their job as a... They work for these different movie sites doing articles and stuff. And they basically said that they hadn't gotten paid. So they complained on the Twitter feed of the company, the like yeah. the guy, that, hey, we haven't gotten paid. And he goes, you're not supposed to talk about this publicly. You're fired. And the person was like, okay, I'm fired. Give me my money. And then went through and said, this is how much we get paid. You get $500 for writing 80 articles a week or something. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, And it has to be this amount of verbiage. And I was thinking about... No wonder things get repeated 500 times. When we're reading these stories on, on the show and how they repeat stuff and they list everyone, you know, like, uh, hey, Will Smith is in this, which, by the way, he, he happens to be the guy from... Day and he's blah, blah, Fresh blah. Prince of Bel... He got a start on television, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but he was also a popular but, but music artist. he got his artist. real start in music. He's also married to Jaded Pika Smith, who also has two children. Uh, one of them was in the karate... Game. You know, it's just like they're padding the article. It's because they don't get paid shit. Yeah. Like $500 a month for writing all of this just garbage that's just filling the internet on all these goddamn movies and TV sites like this one. We open on a late model Porsche ripping through South Beach. Mike Lowry. Okay, basically the We're trailer. Trying to describe the movie. Let's in, do from the, the trailer. trailer. One last time. One last time. Okay, basically they're doing the thing I hate right away, which is they're preparing us for the trailer with a 
teaser preamble for the trailer. <laughs> Why do we need that, Steven? Unnecessary. We open on a late model Porsche ripping through South Beach, Stephen. Mike Lowry, played by Will Smith, and Marcus Burnett, played by Martin Lu- Lawrence, are hey. in it. Oh, shit. Oh. Come on, man. You can get that buffed out. No, you can get that buffed out. <laughs> They're bickering oh, like no. brothers-in-law. Knock and talk. Yeah. It knock, says knock. that. Miami PD, get down! What the hell happened to knock and talk? Hands behind your head right now. I got this. I'm going to penetrate this man's soul with my heart. What? Watch and learn. <laughs> Sir, I realize that you're scared. You know, sometimes fear. How deep you think you got in his soul? I'm done, Mike. I'm a bit tired. Uh-oh, here we go again. You want your legacy to be muscle shirts and body counts? Look at this mess. It's carnage. I didn't do all this. You didn't shoot anybody? Well, come on, Captain. You know I shot some people. Yeah. Me. Must be the uh, R-rated trailer. <laughs> These streets, I never trusted anybody but me. I'm asking you, man. Bad boys. One last time. One last time. I'm the definition of half man, half drugs. Ask the clubs, bad boy. That's what's up. He's trying to do them all. A lot of Porsche driving. We're not Steven. just black. Cool. We're cops too. We'll pull ourselves over later. <laughs> it's official. I survived what I've been through. Y'all got drama to solve to continue. Right about the glass. I've been telling your ass for a year. He can't be stopped now. Shit, Mike. These are like HD. A lot of uh, action, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Essentially, explosions, explosions. <clears throat> Jumping on a rope ladder on a bad helicopter. Boy, it's bad it's never been boy. done before. That. What's she gonna do? What's, What's she gonna do when we come hey, in? Hey, hey, uh-uh. No, no, never. Y'all will never do that again. Yeah, and you f***ing up the lyrics, which take a long time to learn. <laughs> so, Stephen, that's Bad Boys for Life. Are you gonna go see that? Um, I think I can wait for that one. Now, who's directing it? Is it Michael Bay, I wonder? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to bother to read the article because they just described the trailer, which you're going to watch. Now, Stephen, Jack Ryan Season 2, the Dayton trailer is hit. Oh, nice. Jack Ryan's new adventure will kick off in less than two months when Amazon Prime series returns for Season 2 on Friday, November 1st. And the upcoming episodes, after tracking a potentially suspicious shipment of illegal arms in the Venezuelan jungle, CIA officer Jack Ryan, played by John Krasinski, who uh, started out on The Office, Stephen, if you remember, heads down to uh, South America to investigate per the official synopsis. Also, he wrote a scary movie. Yes, he did. Starring his wife, played by (laughs) who, Stephen? As Jack's investigation threatens to uncover a far-reaching conspiracy, the president of the Venezuela launches a counterattack that hits home for Jack, leading him and his fellow operatives on a global mission spanning the United States, UK, Russia, and Venezuela, including Gilligan's Island. Whoa! Awesome! They're going to have a CGA Bob Denver on there. Because, you know, he's since passed away. 
But uh, that sounds awesome. I, I loved the uh, first season of that. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Like that stuff. All right, Stephen. This is us star Milo Ventimiglia. Am I saying that right? I think so. He will star as Daredevil Evil Knievel in a USA Network series. Doesn't that sound awesome? Okay. I'm thinking Daredevil, the comic book. (laughs) He's going to play Evil Knievel. Now, did you have the wind-up Evil Knievel when you were a kid on the motorcycle? My brothers had that one, and I had the Sky Cycle. Oh, I had the wind up, you know, you stick them on this little ramp and it goes. I think we all had the Evil Knievel doll and we had one motorcycle and my Sky Cycle. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a 70s toy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I love that toy. This Is Us frontman Milo Ventimiglia has signed on to headline as well as executive produced Evil, a U.S. network limited series about the Daredevil from the 60s and 70s. Counting action-heavy filmmaker Mick G among its executive producers. Oh, I'm on board now. (laughs) And to be penned by Eaton Frankel of Animal Kingdom and Shameless, the limited series is described as an exhilarating portrait of a complex man living the American dream, juggling a meteoric celebrity and raising a family, and facing the very real possibility that his next jump across the Snake River Canyon will kill him. I don't know. I think just because I was a kid, there was something about this guy. Like, he was like this larger-than-life character. Right. And I didn't even know much about him. I just knew he was a daredevil. There's something like, as a kid, it's like, that's awesome that I'm going to watch this. <laughs> now, I, now I have told you, I've been to the Evil Knievel Museum. Whoa. Where's that at? It's in Wichita, Kansas. Wow. As you were there, it's, you're like, I'm So they've a... got the sky cycle there. Nice. The, the, the real sky cycle. When you were there, were you like, I'm in a holy place? <laughs> this it was is like, a special the, place. They've got like his trailer he traveled around in. You could walk up. They had a glass or a plexiglass door. You could look through. It's like inside. It's like whiskey bottles or beer bottles. It's like. The dude just drank himself out of pain. Wow. Yeah. I'm. A, he was like, he would break like lots of bones, like all over his body yeah. all the time, wouldn't he? So, yeah, there's a, at the end, you can pay for this little VR bike jump. And so I paid for it. <laughs> was it neat? <laughs> it's pretty funny because the bike is stationary. You got on VR goggles with the headphones. So you hear all the, the motorcycle revving. And the guy was like, when he, when he asked us, he goes, who have you ridden a motorcycle before? I said, yeah. He goes, well, you might fall off the bike. I was like, <laughs> okay. We, so I, I was very conscious of that. So I'm on the bike. It's perfectly stationary. It does not move. It's nailed down, you know. Right. So, and but when you're on the goggles and you, you're on it, it feels like you're in turns. I'm. I had a. Wow. I had one of my my coworker went with me. And he was videotaping, you know, he was a video. <laughs> and you were like was, moving along He was with recording it? me on my phone, you know, the video. Uh-huh. And you see, you know, and as I'm coming around a corner, you know, and I lean and the guy who's running it is standing there just making sure I don't fall off. <laughs> then you see him, he walks around to the other side and make another turn and I'm leaning that way and he's there just in case That's I lean funny. too far. So he's been, he's seen other people do yes. this a lot. And he's, that's why he's warning you, you might fall off. And then when you're coming to the ramp to jump, now he's standing right beside you and it's a, it's an actual piece of one of Evil Knievel's ramps. (laughs) Wow. And, uh, 
for authenticity's sake, you know, he, <laughs> as you hit the ramp, he jumps up and all, jumps up and down on it. So you hear this clack clack of the wood. Oh, nice. So it's, it's pretty funny. It's like, <laughs> and it's like, Are you like whoa. whoa yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But like it has like photos. It tells all his jumps and stuff and you see all his outfits and, uh, but it was, yeah, that was pretty fun to do. That is cool. Well, Stephen, that's all my news for today. Uh, why? What? What do you say we do some DVDs? Sure. Let's do the DVDs this week. It's gonna be awesome. Um, <clears throat> Finish your sentence. I did. I did. I. You know, there's a period at the end of that. I don't know what's going on. God damn you, cops! You asshole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Stephen. Let's do the DVDs. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, everybody. The DVD. Finish your sentence. And it was a song more than anything, wasn't it, Stephen? How to talk to an angel. How do you hold it close to where you are? How do you talk to an angel? It's like trying to catch a falling star. Yeah, it sure is. Hey, Jason, what's up? Long time. Oh, what's up, dude? All right, Stephen, <laughs> let's do some DVDs. What do you say? Let's do it. All right, Stephen, Aladdin! <laughs> Speaking of Will Smith, the 2019 film is out on Blu-ray. As Straight fear- to DVD. <laughs> yeah. How is this out? I mean, wasn't this out like, like three months ago, maybe? Yeah, wow, that's fast. As feared, it's not one of Disney's better entries in its recent rush to remake every one of its animated classics. Guy Ritchie directs this take on the 1992 film that finds Will Smith looking a bit like a giant Smurf taking over for Robin Williams. They said that, not me. I'm not messing with Will Smith as the genie, filling out a cast of. Uh, are Mina Mossad as Aladdin, Naomi Scott as Princess Jasmine, Marwan Kenzari as the Sorcerer Jafar, Naveed Nahakbaban as the Sultan, Nassim Pedrad as Dalia, Billy Magnuson as Prince Anders, and Numan Akar as Hakim. The screenplay comes from Richie and John August, who also wrote Charlie's Angels. So no wonder it was bad. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the Dead Don't Die, Stephen. I was curious about this film. Mm-hmm. It's a zombie film by Jim Jarmusch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one time, you know, I thought his name was Jim Jarmish, But one time we, uh, this was a long time ago. Heather remembers this. We went to a party and there was this guy. He was from NYU. I guess he was back for the holiday and there his families. And we were talking about films. He was like, well, who are your favorite directors? And I was like, oh, I like Sam Raimi, James Cameron. And he was like, I enjoy the films of Jim Jarmusch. And I was like, oh, Jim Jarmusch. That's how you say his name? Oh, okay. Uh, a zombie comedy from the noted indie director Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> That's a little F you to that guy from a long time ago. <laughs> Starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver. What's not to like? 
a few things. It turns out, uh-oh, the director's follow-up to this wildly acclaimed Peterson underwhelmed critics when it debuted at Con in May, thanks to a sluggish pace and a lack of laughs. Symptoms, perhaps, of a mismatch between director and subject matter, the undeadpan comedy, <laughs> pun intended, finds Murray and Driver playing cops who must deal with their small town's growing zombie population. It looked funny in the trailer, but I did indeed read some people saying that it doesn't hold up. It's actually quite boring. They're joined by an eclectic cast that includes Tilda Swinton, Chloe Savini, Steve Buscemi, Iggy Pop, RZA, or is it Raza? Is that how you say that? Tom Waits, Carol Kane, and Danny Glover. All right. So big hitters i'm gonna watch it when it comes on showtime or something also john wick chapter three parabellum steven we saw this in theaters together do you remember that Uh it would have been impossible to predict prior to the fall of 2014 that john wick would turn into a full-on film franchise but here we are at installment number three which somehow managed to outgross the two previous films combined while nearly matching the critical approval of chapter two which scored just a few points higher keanu reeves returns as the titular oh that's a bad word i think assassin stuntman turned director chad stahovsky is once again behind the camera working again from a screenplay by Derek kolstad Though here there are three additional credited writers, but I'm not going to mention them now. The story finds Wick in New York where a $14 million contract on his head means that many of the world's top assassins are after him. Joining Reeves in the cast are Halle Berry, Angelica Houston, Jason Mansukas, plus returning co-stars Lawrence Fishburne, Lance Reddick, Ian McShane, and John Leguizamo. Not to mention... The Ale Cuisine guy, Mark DeCoscos. Remember, he has mm-hmm. a great part in there. I thought he was actually very funny. Um, also, I want to say last week when we didn't do a show, Booksmart came out on Blu-ray. It's the uh, film by Olivia Wilde starring the two uh, girls who it's their last day, last free night before their graduation or something like that. And Men in Black International. It turns out that the world didn't need a fourth Men in Black film, arriving seven years after the already inessential Men in Black 3. Yeah, why did they make another one of these films? It did not look good to me. We saw the trailer multiple times. I love the I love the actors in it. Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, Camille Nanjani, but it just did not look good to me. And apparently it's not great, but I'm sure I'll watch it on HBO. Or yeah, stars. When it comes on TV, why not? Yeah. And I want a cable. Yeah, and also, Stephen, I want to talk about uh, what comes on streaming this week, <laughs> which you'll find on your Roku device or on your... Uh, your, your Netflix. Uh, your, your Netflix. You know, you, you got the, the, the Roku. You got the, the, no, the, the Amazon Fire. Amazon Fire. Uh, you got a, an app on Hulu. your smart TV or something. Stephen, Elite on Netflix season two premiered the students at Las Encinas struggle to return to normalcy following Marina's death. Oh my gosh, she died. Stephen, the police question the teens following a mysterious disappearance. <laughs> also a limited series premiere starring Sasha Baron Cohen on Netflix called the spy. And here's the interesting thing about this. It's all played straight. He's not being a goofball in this. Like mm-hmm. this is a straight role for him, Stephen. 
Sasha Baron Cohen takes a serious turn as an Israeli spy who agrees to a dangerous undercover op where he infiltrates Syrian high society to learn about the government's anti-Israeli operations. Noah Emmerich also co-stars him from the shows uh, The Americans. That sounds interesting. I'm not a big Sasha Baron Cohen fan of his comedy, but maybe this will be good. I don't know. Also, the series premiere, 13 episodes on Netflix, Archibald's next big thing. DreamWorks Animation's latest offering follows a chicken voiced by Tony Hale, who, yes, ands his way through life. Rounding out the voice ensemble are Adam Pally, Chelsea Kane, Jordan Fisher, Roseman Pike, plus special guest star Julia Louise-Dreyfus and Gary Cole, and Casey Wilson, Christine Baranski, and RuPaul. So, I think this is for kids, Stephen. But we're going to watch it, right? Of course. On Hulu, the season one finale of the show Into the Dark, the 12th installment, Pure, is a coming-of-age horror story wherein several teen girls perform a ritual at a purity retreat, after which one of them begins to see a supernatural entity. Oh my gosh. What the hell is this show? I've never even heard of that. But that's on the Hulus? The Hulus. Titans season two premiere on the DC universe app. Now mm-hmm. I don't subscribe to that, but I have been tempted because I want to watch this and doom patrol so bad. Yeah. Uh, cause I heard doom patrol is really excellent. Uh, season two premiere, the Titans battle Trigon in what was originally conceived as the season one finale. Okay. Also, uh, Killjoys on sci-fi couples therapy on showtime, black lady sketch show on HBO and good talk with Anthony Jezelneck on Comedy Central. <laughs> that sounds great. Now I know I blew through those blew through those things. Uh, pfft, I can't talk. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Finish your sentence. I'm trying to. <laughs> oh God, Stephen. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, mom's the word. Yes, mom is the word, Stephen. What do you say we get into some Ron Tomatoes? Yeah. How about we? Read some Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. Let's do it. You say either. I say either. You say neither. And I say neither. Either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato. And I like potato. You like tomato. I like tomato. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato, let's call the whole thing off. Smell like stale tomato juice. <laughs> it sure does. You're so weird. Oh. Great Kinnear. Yes, indeed. Uh, Steven, uh, It Chapter 2 is out. Yes. <laughs> Currently it's 68% fresh. You know, positive, right? Mm-hmm. It Chapter 2 uh, proves bigger doesn't always mean scarier for horror sequels, but a fine cast and faithful approach to the source material keeps this follow-up afloat. <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Right? Let's do Starring James McAvoy, Jessica Chastain, Bill Hader, James Ransone, Jay Ryan, Isaiah Mustafa. A uh, great cast. It looks like they did a great job. James Barrera, Dara, Danella. Felony. Yes, he's in jail now, Stephen. Considering the challenges associated with adapting the second half of the novel, the filmmakers have done an adequate job, which is probably all that's needed to make Chapter 2 a major box office success. Now, I just want to say this. You're a film critic. You're here to reveal the f- review the film. Why 
did you have that sentence about the box office success? Who cares? Yes. I don't care what he thinks about the box office success or how it's going to do. Just review the movie and shut up, James Barrera Dara DeFelony. Okay, Chris Hewitt of the Minneapolis Star Tribune says, Chapter 2 languishes over 2 hours and 49 minutes, and it feels even longer because of its structure. I give it a 2 out of 4, and I'd rather read the book again. Oh my gosh. Soren Anderson of the Seattle Times says, Rather than using the extended running time to dig deep into these characters, director Andy Muschietti, who also directed the original, piles on the frights in a manner that builds to an ending drenched in hysteria. Two out of four. I'm going to go watch the original ABC miniseries. Oh, oh no. wow. It's Tom- playing on sci-fi right now. <laughs> I saw that. Tom Russo of the Boston Globe says, Muschietti and his newly expanded cast come through pretty... Sh- satisfying at points but they also come up short at others and it's still other shift priorities entirely to concentrate instead on anti-upping the chills i give it a three out of four and i'm gonna go watch the dark tower again because idris elba was great in that oh okay (laughs) angelica jade bastion of the new york magazine vulture says the various ghouls that besiege the grown-up loser club all visions of Pennywise are silly, textureless creations with them suspenses in short supply. I'm going to go watch The Dark Tower because uh, Matthew McConaughey is fantastic in that. Okay, I'm lying. It By the way, say- I've never read the books. <laughs> Pete Travers of Rolling Stone says, Almost as scary but not quite as grabby as the chapter one, the grown-up second half of Stephen King's horror saga is lifted by a great Bill Hader and Bill Skarsgård's iconic psycho clown Pennywise, but hobbled by a nearly three-hour runtime. I had to pee so bad, my teeth were floating and yours Ooh. will float too. Three out of five. Oh, maybe that's what Stephen King was writing about. You'll float too. You'll Your have to pee so bad. Frank Switek of One Guy's Opinion. Hey, this is just One Guy's Opinion. I'm Frank Switek over here. Though among horror movies, it's certainly classier than most from a technical perspective. It's overlong, overstuffed with CGI effects and terribly repetitive. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sinead Brennan says it's too long. It's too repetitive. It's just too much. 2.5 out of 5. I claim that's rotten. Right, Stephen? Yes. Paul Whittington says this film never reaches the giddy heights of its sleekly efficient predecessor. I just spit on the monitor. And that's all down to shoddy construction. Ugh. Stop messing around. Tom Santilli of the movie show Plus says, It, Chapter 2, is all bark and no bite, featuring a ridiculous antagonist. Yeah, right, like a clown could do that. That perfectly matches the preposterous universe it inhabits. I mean, come on, where's the cops? Just call the police. Movie be over in five seconds. I give it a C. Oh, he's got a point there. Just call the cops. On Pennywise, handcuffed, in jail, you're done. He can arrest a mystical clown. Yeah, I mean, just get rid of him. My favorite has to be the moose thing. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the movie, too. Uh, Ann Brody of What She Said says, This megabore, legacy aside, runs two hours and 45 minutes. Okay, what is the runtime of this movie? 49 minutes, 50 <coughs> minutes, now 45. Is counting until the end of the credit scene? I think she left before the credits were over. 
She was like, hey, movie, you know what you can do? Finish your sentence. There's, uh, a, there's a Marvel in scene with Pennywise at the very end. So <laughs> She says the movie doesn't do a thing to help itself. Natasha Alver of Cultured Vultures says, Ultimately, It Chapter 2 is a movie that had massive potential to be something great, but instead it settles for being merely okay. It stays in the shadow of the first movie, which is a crying shame. I give it a 7 out of 10, which is a good review, and um, doesn't come off that way when you're reading it, though, does it? Nope. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. When people submit these, do they... Fuck, what the... Do they say that it's good or bad when they submit it? Yeah, I don't know. You know. <laughs> All right. So sometimes the reports, the, the 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 critique doesn't match the review. That's just f***ing conflicting. Yeah, it's very confusing. Now I'm waiting for Rotten Tomatoes to load. So, Stephen. Come on, website. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. I'm a little bummed by these reviews, to be honest with you. But, you know, we can see it ourselves and make up our own minds. But I have a thing with long movies lately, mainly because, you know, I got shit to do. <laughs> what have you got to do? I've got plenty to do. I got a book to read. <laughs> Uh, it's still That's only three hours out of your 24 hour day. You got 21 more hours to go. Hey, when you put it that way, but you know, like, can I eat a hot dog during this movie or will I eat too grossed out? You should eat it. Like it. as I'm eating Twizzlers, what'll be like, oh, these are like intestines. Get them away. You know, something like that. They're like worms. Ugh. I mean, Ann Brody called it a megaphore. So that doesn't seem like you'd have too bad a problem eating. If popcorn? It's a megaboard. Yeah, popcorn's a good neutral food. Like, yeah. you can see, like, entrails, and it's like, hey, doesn't bother me. This isn't red. <laughs> okay, Stephen, Adam Graham of Detroit News says, it never decides which fears to take at face value and which exist only in the subconscious and winds up being confusing as a result. I thought that was confusing about the first film, honestly. I give it a C. Jeffrey Bloomer of Slate says... It's obvious that the filmmakers failed to fully reckon with what they put on screen, and the results are grim. <laughs> Brought some other goodies for us. Even in the, uh, the made-for-TV movie, where everybody saw the kids saw blood everywhere and had to clean it up, but the the father of Beverly never saw the blood. You know, it's just like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, okay, that wasn't real. But then, like, their shirts have blood on them and they don't wash them or something. Yeah. It's, like, confusing. Matthew Rosa has the most confusing review of all time. It Chapter 2 gave me Avengers Endgame flashbacks. 3.5 out of 4. Is that just because of length? I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. John Wenzel of Denver Post says, Chapter 2 goes deeper than its predecessor, and it's longer, and yet it never loses the feeling of shallowness, yet it still feels like a longer movie because it is. Two out of four. That was uh, a roundabout weird... <laughs> just stop messing around. <laughs> Christy Lemire of RogerEbert.com says, It Chapter 2 can be a sprawling, unwieldy mess, overlong, overstuffed, and full of frustrating detours, but... It's casting is so spot on. The film keeps you hooked. 2.5 out of 4. I'm going to go make a sandwich. Oh, okay. 
Uh, the new chat. Oh, Oliver Jones says the new chapter doesn't bring much fresh psychological shading to this process. Instead, the film bombards us with plot and monsters that pile up like toys in the attic, which is my favorite album by Aerosmith. Two out of four. Okay. Is that really what that album's called, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Vox. Rob Vox of Sci-Fi Movie Page says, The first chapter stands as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. This one is just adequate. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. It's not one of the greatest horror movies of all time. It's just okay. Here's how I know it's not one of the greatest movies of all time. When you watch a movie that's one of the the, uh, goats, the goat, greatest of all time, you watch it over and over again. I have no desire to see it again for the rest of my life. There you go. Jaws. Great horror movie? So stupid. Yes, I can watch Jaws to infinity. There's your sentence. Halloween, I could watch that to infinity, including Halloween 2. <laughs> Mum is the word. Mum's the word. Yes. Friday the 13th. No. I mean... The first one? It's too stupid. Yeah. Okay. I've never been... I'm, a, I've been, I'm a Michael Myers guy. I'm a Michael Myers guy. Jason, uh, you know, same name as me. I've got the stigma about it, so there you go. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Hey, Jason, what you doing on Friday the 13th? You know, kill some people? It's like, yeah, I am, starting with you. Yes. <laughs> um... Nightmare on Elm Street, first one, classic. Yes. Okay. Just throwing uh, out some randoms here. But, you know, <laughs> Steven, Dream Warriors, that's the true classic. In my dreams, I am the wizard master. Molly Henry of the Blogging Banshee says, It Chapter 2 is a thrilling and heartfelt conclusion to the story of our favorite losers that captures the feel of King's novel while still giving us something exciting and new. I give it 8 out of 10. Now, that's the kind of review I want to see, Stephen. There you go. It Chapter 2... Oh, wait. Mike McGranahan <laughs> of Isle Seat says, It Chapter 2 is in many respects a very different film from its predecessor, but what the story gets at thematically is an effective fulfillment of what has already been established. Three out of four. <laughs> uh, Devesh Sharma of Filmfare says... At close to three hours, it's too long and self-indulgent, and it doesn't scare you as much. It performances an emotional chord which keeps you hooked despite the flaws. 2.5 out of 5. So it sounds like the cast, the people they put in the movie, really carry the film. Yes. Like, I can understand Bill Hader. I love Bill Hader. I want to see the movie because of him more than anything. I don't care about stupid Pennywise. Although I think the guy who plays Pennywise is fantastic yes. in the movie. He does a great job. And Lee Ellingson of LA Biz says, an outsized, sometimes unwieldy monster of a movie that taps into viewers' pleasure centers with horror and humor in equal measure. Okay. It's a fresh review, Stephen. David Mad Dog Bradley says, yes, it's too long, but it's a fitting end to this filming of what was one of Stephen King's longest books, which is really saying something 7 out of 10. Stephen, you've read it. Yes. Haven't you? Yes. I thought the stand was longer. Well, yeah, the I uncut, think it is. Ver- the uncut version, definitely. Yeah. Is is it uh, one of your favorite books by Stephen King? Uh, no, my favorite has uh, been uh, Pet Cemetery so far. But let me ask you this. The story of it, isn't the first chapter the best part? When they're adults, it's not as interesting anymore, is it? Um... 
It's been so long. I'm not gonna. I can't really because it's different. When Pennywise is scaring a kid, kid, it's it's, one thing. But when he's scaring James McAvoy, I gotta think that it loses something. Yeah, in the translation, or or you're you know you're taken back to being a child, so it does scare you. Yeah, you know, because that's the last time you saw it was 27 years ago. You were a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, do you still have that? that kind of mindset when it hits you again, you know, it's like, Oh crap, I'm flashing back to being a kid. Well, I also think there's the whole thing in the town of Derry. Doesn't Pennywise have some kind of spell on the place where the parents don't pay attention or something? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or did I just make that up to make the, well, they don't, they don't ever see him. Like, like I said, I was watching bits of the, uh, ABC movie, you know, and which is Canon. It's like, uh, and, uh, Richie Tozier, which uh, Harry uh, Dean's, Harry yeah. Harry from uh, Night Court, Harry Anderson was you know in the library waiting for Mike, mm-hmm. you know, and and Pennywise is up there taunting him, you know, and you know and he gets up to the librarian, you know, it's like, and Pennywise is talking to him, and and he's talking louder and louder, and the, the girls like look at him like, you don't have to talk. Uh, yeah yeah because you know. she doesn't see it yeah mm-hmm. so it's like is that's the mental thing it has on the kids and since they saw him as a kid they can still see him as adults right okay so eric estrada of Cinegarage and also chip says i think it's a movie that will make us have fun that will entertain us but that will cause a little less nightmares than the first installment full review in spanish click here one of my testicles has enlarged (laughs) oh Oh dear (laughs) all right uh that's enough with it i mean we pretty much know what's going on there right yeah i mean you if you were going to see it you were going to see it i'm curious you know i just talked about carnival row i want to see what some critics thought of that it's currently 54 percent rotten from critics but 87 percent fresh and audience score you know, the audience score, I think, is more important when it comes to TV shows than it is movies. Because movies, you know, everyone's like, oh, man, it was amazing, you know. But uh, people sat and watched all of it at home, so they bothered to give it a review. So let's see what uh, Steve Green of IndieWire says. Despite those momentary bright spots and an ongoing bleak collection of fates, Carnival Row largely meanders through the world of its own making. <laughs> I'm sorry. It had to come out, guys. I, I'm trying to be professional here, but... Uh, Excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Amy Jones of Daily Telegraph... <clears throat> Finish your sentence. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Amy Jones says, It's gripping and fun. Deserves a chance to breathe. Three out of five. Oh, I like that. Direct and to the point. Uh, I don't think it... Uh, meanders through the world of its own making. I don't think it does. There are some characters I care about more than others. There's some... Heather and I would go, why do they keep coming back to this character? I don't care. Like, there were characters like that. Yeah. You know, much like anything. I mean, I'm sure on Game of Thrones, when it would cut to certain characters, people were like, uh, why? Wenlei Ma of Harold Sun Australia says, the overall look of the series is impressive, mate. Though very cold and grim money has obviously been spent here, 
I like that grim money has been spent here. Oh, that's a cool term. So for fantasy fans, that alone could be enough inducement to plow through. Looks like I got myself some gasoline, eh? Hey! Sorry, that's my Australian Steve. Ed Bark of Uncle Barky says, love Uncle Barky. He gave it a B. Carnival Row, whether airborne or down-to-earth gritty, keeps flexing the power of its oft-breathtaking visuals. The worlds it creates are greater sums of its whole, while the messages it sends can be a little too telegraphed. And it's T-W-O telegraphed. So uh, that's a weird typo there. I don't know what's going on there, Stephen. Mum is the word. Mum's the word. You're so weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, Allison Shoemaker, who makes shoes on the side besides reviewing things, like many a silly novel, it shambles, but with an enjoyable one, as long as you're up for some full-throated groans, you'll be rewarded with long, messy, and satisfying distraction. Okay. First of all, Stephen, there is pixie sex, fairy sex in mm-hmm. it, so if you want to check that out. Also, um, that's all I got. Uh, the Ripper-esque <laughs> murder mystery. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. I, I forgot uh, the, what I was trying to say. <clears throat> Finish your sentence. I'm trying to. I was like, oh, I wonder if this is based on a book series. So I looked it up. It is not. It's an original creation. It's not based on any books. A lot of people are like, hey, I want to read the book to this, man. This is like a dense world full of lore and all this. Yeah. All created for the TV show, nice. which is really cool. You know? But you don't see too much anymore. Oh, my God. I know. Pretty cool. Natalia Trezenko of Argentina says, Far from being an indigestible pastiche, the series ends up being an entertaining and intriguing experience. Full review in Spanish. Click here. Uh, So, Stephen, if you want to... Our podcast is now interactive where you can click in the air and read that in Spanish. It just appears like a hologram. That's what I was hoping. It's like a new thing I'm putting into the podcast feed. Pretty cool. Nicola Austin in We Have a Hulk... Uh, which is an awesome name for a site, by the way, an intriguing and lavish series which fully immerses you in a dark and magical world thanks to high production values and a strong ensemble cast. That's one thing. Like, when you watch a show, Steven, you know right away if they cheaped out on the effects. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Like, they did not cheap out on the effects here. It's same same thing with The Boys. It's like the latest season of... Stranger Things, when you see that uh, creature yeah. or whatever, like made of all the guts, you're like, holy shit, they spent a lot of money on this, right? Because yeah. if you go back and look at the um, the creature in the first season, it's like, meh, it's kind of iffy, you know, it's okay, you know, it's scary, but, you know. They got their legs, so they got more money for yeah, the second yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, the first season, they got Weta to do it. Third season, they got ILM to do it. No, I'm kidding. I, there's nothing wrong with Weta. They're still high budget. I just yeah, kind of yeah. try to throw something out there. I, I apologize to everyone, Who's especially Chinstroker Mike and Hannah who live in New Zealand. I didn't mean anything there, okay? I love Weta. Okay, Steven. Uh, that's it, pretty much. I mean, there's some other things. Oh, oh, oh okay. I want to do this. Super Size Me 2. Remember this? Super Size Me, the guy yeah. ate yeah. at McDonald's or whatever. Here's the thing that I think is funny. He turned out to be like a sexual harasser, like at his studio or whatever, and they shelved the movie for like a long time. Did you ever hear about that? No, the I did way not. they would talk, it was like like a frat house there at the yeah. company, and they treat treated the women like shit. 
you know, they spoke to them very vulgar and you know they were like hey you know they these ladies can joke around with us they know they know what's funny but the women went to hr and they're like this is very hostile environment we're working in you know it's very uncomfortable so it was like oh you know we can't take a joke here come on you know what's wrong with me pinching you every once in a while excuse me hey i'm just saying the way uh, that is but Anyway, the documentary is back. Apparently, everything's okay, and, you know, they've apologized, so it's okay now, Stephen. Paid out all the women. <laughs> yeah, they paid them all out, and they fired them. In 13 years, I'm not saying that's good, and that's not funny. I'm just saying that uh, I, something trans uh, ha- action, Transpired. something... Uh, Finish your sentence. I'm trying to. <laughs> Okay. In the 13 years since Supersize Me, the fast food industry has undergone a makeover. Today, a chain of restaurants tout food that's healthy, organic, and natural. Filmmaker Morgan Spurlock explores this new reality with an approach even more immersive and subversive than that used for the first film. He sexually harasses all the employees. Aha! I knew it. That's what he's going for. He sets out to open his own chicken franchise. We follow him every step of the way from raising poultry and conjuring up recipes to designing the brands and scouting locations. Spurlock brings his disarming humor to uncover the truths and lies behind this multi-billion dollar industry. Okay, let's see what uh, Richard Roper, (laughs) our favorite reviewer, Stephen... Spurlock's comedic antics give way to a more serious traditional docu-journalist approach as he looks into immensely unbalanced dynamic between the big chicken corporations and the local American farmer. I give it a three out of four. Whatever. Brian Lowry of CNN says, compared to the original, both the message and the messenger look more flawed. But stripped to its core, Supersize Me 2 answers those questions in a manner that still managed to leave you feeling shaken, and if not crispy, a little steamed. I, it's supposed to be stirred. Why didn't he say stirred? You piss me off, buddy. Bucko. Hey, bucko. You're so weird. Now, Steven, let me tell you this. The best chicken place right now? Popeye's? Okay, Popeye's <laughs> can be good. I'm saying because of the chicken sandwich craze that's oh, happening yeah, yeah. with them. Popeye's has a lot of problems. A lot of service problems. Takes forever. Sometimes they run out of chicken, can't get that bucket in now. Sometimes when you're there in line, you see them dump something out the, the drive through window and like slam it on the, the ground. Like some kind, some kind of greasy thing, like right there where you drive the car up. I haven't seen that happen. I've had that happen to me at least 50 times at Popeye's over the last 10 years. I'm not kidding. Like, they dump something out the drive through window, and I don't know what it is, but they, like, slam Burnt it down. something? Or... I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I don't know. I really have no idea. I need to Google it. But, Stephen... I think um, they changed to that trans-fat-free oil, and I get sick every time I eat there now. Yeah. So it, I, won't, I can't eat there anymore. It's not always good. Here's one thing I hate. I like dark meat. And when I want dark meat, I want thighs. But they give you these little tiny drumsticks <laughs> and the little wing with barely any meat on it. It's like, what's the point of this? Bullshit. Where I go is Raising Cane, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Now, they may be elitist when it comes to their sauce. They need some cream gravy or something there. All they have is their cane sauce. Right. This is all you need. It's like, your cane sauce sucks, man. This stuff sucks. <laughs> Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> Melissa makes fun of me because I hate the cane sauce. Really? I think, I mean, well, 
it's like have some options here. Actually, you can. You it's if you like the t- Tabasco style sauce, they have the Louisiana hot sauce packets. They, I want country gravy. I understand. I understand. This is some you're bullshit. Get- I'm getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like yeah, I threw out the cane sauce, and Melissa's like, why? It's so good. I'm like, no. I I have used it before, and you know when I first used it, I like I stayed away from it, but they didn't give me ketchup one time for my fries, and I was like, let's try this cane sauce to put French fries. No, there's a place okay, called okay. Slim Chicken. Yeah, Chicken Slims or Slim... Slim Chickens. Or like Slim Pickens, but yeah. Slim Chickens. Yeah, and, I, we had that. And I wish they had cane's chicken. Their chicken isn't as good. It's okay. You're right, no... I they but you have got five thousand sauces. They have country gravy there. Yes. yes. Also, Raising Kings has better bread than Chicken Slims, Slim Chickens, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> and Heather says Raising Kings needs ranch dressing. <laughs> that is true. They oh, do. Okay. Okay. That is true. Okay. One more. <laughs> Peter Subzinski says of this. Super Size Me Too, Holy Chicken, which I forgot we were even talking about. Uh, one of the biggest problems with this follow-up is that uh, he sexually harassed women. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Chica- he doesn't really say that. <laughs> that, would, that would be hilarious because it's just like, I guess, just forget about that part. Documentary on chicken, Steven. Mm-hmm. Unless you're partial to Spurlock's fluffy style of cutesy, self-satisfied juxtaposition, musical cues, narration, animation, man-on-street interviews, and on-screen text, there's not much value that you couldn't just pick up from a good article. Jason Bailey of FlavorWire. Hey, I like what you have to say there, buddy. But anyway, Peter Subzinski, what he was saying was, you know, he didn't get to finish what he was saying. Finish your sentence. One of the biggest problems with this follow-up is that it's just as trivial as its predecessor, but doesn't have a gimmick to help compensate for the lack of any real insight. Do you really need a movie to tell you not to eat fast food every meal, every day? Yeah. And you know what? I blame him for... Do you remember McDonald's got rid of the supersized for a while? Like, after that? Because it's like, oh, it's unhealthy, and there's like this boycott or whatever. So it's like, finally, I can have all these fries again. You bastard. You're trying to ruin everything for me. Well, Stephen, that's it for this week on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. This is You're our 14-year anniversary. I was telling Emma, and I said, Emma, if you would have been born in 2005, right now, you would be 14, just like the show. She's like, I was born in 2004. I'm 15. And I was like, no, I know. But if you were born a year later, <laughs> when I started the podcast, you'd be 14. She's like... I don't understand the point you're trying to make. And I was like, <laughs> neither do I. <laughs> it's like, what am I talking about? All right, Steven, go stand over there. Oh, well, I'm, I'm going to meet you over there in our lounge. I'm going to go relax. Heather's got some area. raisin canes over there waiting Sweet. for you. Sweet. She got some cream gravy from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It takes her. Heather's like, where have you been? And I go, well, I got to go to Whataburger, go inside and beg the guy for some country gravy that I pay like an extra dollar for. Then I got to Raisin Cane so I can dip my chicken into the Whataburger <laughs> gravy. It takes forever, you know. And also I get her some ranch at Whataburger, too. That's a true story. I've gotten a ranch at Whataburger. I've walked in there just to buy ranch before. Isn't that ridiculous? Yes. It's Why don't be- you keep a tub of ranch in here? It's kind of like a, we're touching on some heady topics there, Stephen. <laughs> because remember, loves the work. Because ranch, it just uh, the shelf life is like two days, maybe even no. if it's in a bottle from the grocery store. I don't know. It lasts. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I. 
there's certain ranches that Heather doesn't approve of, but there's certain ones she loves. Okay, first of all, I know this. I don't like ranch. I think it's disgusting, but just because Emma and Heather love ranch, the best ranch you can get anywhere. Do you know, do you like ranch? Yes. The best ranch, Wingstop has the best ranch ever. Okay. Chili's has good ranch. Okay. Some places have horrible ranch. Yes. One of the places that has horrible ranch is Outback Steakhouse. Worst ranch you've ever had. I made great ranch when I worked at a restaurant. Nice. You should make some for Heather. (laughs) I put out fires. I don't start them. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Stephen. I'll meet you in the lounge in just a second. All right. See you soon. You're a psycho. Just a psycho. Thank you. Good night. Here all week, try the veal. And I know. Uh, Steven, would you ever try those? No. Moose sticks. <laughs> My favorite has to be the moose sticks. Why do they have to call that? Call it moose sausage. <laughs> or something like that. All right, everyone. That was the show. That was episode uh, of the show called Entertainment Landfill. I didn't remember. That's it. 14 years will do that to you, Steven. Entertainment <laughs> Landfill, episode 313 of the show. It's crazy. Lucky 13. Yep. 313. Isn't that oh, crazy? Yes. Some crazy shiznit. Can I say that word on the show? Yes. Fuck. What the? F- um, Steven, yes. go to etlandfill.com where you could find all of our previous shows. You can? Starting back September of 2005, which was 14 years ago. Mm-hmm. If we would have started the show in 2004, this would be the 15th year. <laughs> I don't get your point. If we would have done one more show, this would have been the 314th show, not the 313th show. Yeah. I like that. What is the point you're trying to make? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Guys, if you are reading the Witcher series along with us, Ross and I, you are no doubt caught up to us and you have started the third book. Go ahead and read Sword of Destiny. I mean, uh, go ahead and read uh, Blood Book of Elves. One. But I'm saying go back and listen to Sword of Destiny, the show we just put out yesterday. Uh, me and Ross waxing nostalgic about a book we just read a week ago, the week before. It's pretty awesome. Steven, you should be caught up any moment now. I can't wait for you I've to join us. been reading this whole time. <laughs> You've been reading during the show. <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you finish the book, will you listen to that episode where Ross and I yeah, talk I'll about it? Yeah, listen to it. Oh, okay. You promise? I promise. 
I wonder, is Jessica, are you reading The Witcher along with this? <laughs> She's like, it's for 12-year-olds. No. Jason, it's like, oh, no, come on. Remember, love's the word. Well, you know the best part about The Witcher book, Stephen? What's that? Greg Kinnear. Yeah, he's fantastic in the book. I love that. It's just weird how he's there. He's from our world, but he came through a portal, and Greg Kinnear's in the The Witcher universe. Yeah. Holy crap. I know. You wouldn't know that unless you read the books, guys. And you'd have to read the books to know if I'm full of shit or not, also. (laughs) But Adam Sexton, I wanted to say thank you so much for uh, letting me put your episode on our show feed I wanted people that didn't go and listen to your podcast to be able to hear it and go, okay, I do need to listen to Adam's podcast. You guys need to go subscribe to his podcast. It's fantastic. And I had so much fun just talking movies with him. If you guys haven't listened to this show yet, where we talk about John Woo movies, where we talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we don't need to talk about anymore because Ken left a 10-minute voicemail about it. So that's all you need. I'm kidding, Ken. Uh, that movie's fascinating. I've only seen it once. I'd love to see it again. I want a roundtable discussion with Adam Sexton, Kimber Venture, and me as mediator in between them whenever they get kind of angry at, at each other. Like, whoa, 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 guys, 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 calm it's down. It's a movie, calm. Because, whoa, whoa, you know, just fired. It's going to be called Fired Up with Adam and Ken. I can't wait. But uh, I need Adam to play referee when we do our Ghostbusters show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also guys, uh, thank you so much for listening all these years. If you've been listening from the very beginning, that's fantastic. If you haven't, that doesn't matter. If you've been listening for a year, etc. just the fact that you're listening to Steven and I talk about below deck Mediterranean and BH 90210. That's all that matters. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It really was Steven. God damn you cops, you asshole. First of all, we're not cops. Finish your sentence. <laughs> the Killer's a great movie, Steven, isn't it? I might be an asshole, but I'm not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. I want to thank our chat room for listening live. There's some people in there like Jessica and Adam Sexton. I saw Michael Kiley in there for yeah, a bit. Yeah, Michael Kiley was there. He's, he's kind of... Uh, He's on. He's kind of around there. He's kind of in the hedges, kind of peeking over the hedge. Like, oh, what are they doing over there? I can't wait till he decides to maybe drop us a voicemail. I'm curious of what he thinks of the Witcher series. Uh, Maybe he doesn't have any opinions on it whatsoever. But I can't wait till we start getting some Witcher voicemail. (laughs) Good times. Thank you. Reading it is Rick from Australia reading it. Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you, Adam and uh, Jessica, for wishing us happy anniversary. Hey, you guys share in this anniversary with us because you guys are here along for the ride. I have kind of this <coughs> moment of pride. The fact that we have voicemail from Adam Howard who mentions Ken or Adam Sexton. We have Adam Sexton leaving a voicemail mentioning Ken. Uh, it's just cool. Like we have this nice little family, you know, I, it feels great. And I've been in the Bay Area. I haven't gotten together with Adam and Ross yet. We've I've talked Stop to messing around about trying to get together sometime. Oh, are you going to go back? Yes. 
So, uh, so I know it, it might happen. I, when I contacted oh, him what? two weeks ago, I think school was starting. It's like it was kind of hectic. Yeah. So. Do you feel like you're kind of getting the brush off? And I'm, like, oh, no, because no, I'm, I'm, like, really I'm like an hour, hour and a half from them. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a, a drive to go hang out. But uh, he was like saying, maybe we can meet halfway. He didn't want me to drive all the way there. I don't yeah. want him to drive all the way where I'm at. So. And then you walk in and it's like, hey, look who's here, everyone. <laughs> it's PCC Steven. <laughs> and then I show up right behind uh, you to surprise him. Hey, Jason, what's up? Long time. I'm like, hey, hey <laughs> dudes, what's up? That would be cool. But, you know. That's a shocker. <laughs> uh, maybe one day. Jessica tells Adam, I meant to tell you, listen to your podcast with Jason and I, Jaystrom, and I really enjoyed it. Great to hear that at work recently. Oh, that's nice, Jessica. Jessica's like, I didn't want you to read that on the show, Jason. I was like, oh, okay. Mum is the word. Mum's the word. <laughs> Did you like that? Mum's the word. No, what? Why is mum a word? Also, I want to talk about this weird movie. Uh, I saw on Hulu starring John Heater, who played Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. It's this movie called Jeff Tries to Save the World about this guy who works at a bowling alley and it's going out of business and he's trying to do everything he can to keep it from going out of business because he it's his safety bubble. Like it's like his stucky bowl. He takes anxiety <laughs> medication. He used to, he went to school for computers and he's really smart. He even designed a video game, but he couldn't take it and he like dropped out of like society. And his whole life is wrapped around this bowling alley. It's a very interesting movie, which I can relate to in a lot of ways, being trapped in a bubble, like a, you know, like a safety bubble, like you don't want anything to bother you, you know, worked at the craft store for over 13 years. Uh, it's like you're trapped. You don't know how to leave, etc. Chuck in the buy more. He can't get out of there. As you can see, that's why I could relate to that show. Also being, you know, Having a computer in my brain just like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? What? Steven, don't make fun of me. You're so weird. I know. Okay, guys. Well, that was the show. <laughs> what do you guys say? Get out there and read some Witcher. Go see It Chapter 2 if you have three hours in your day to do that. Plus, you got to get the popcorn. you got to get there early. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to get in line unless you have assigned seating, right? Assigned seating is the way to go. Uh, also, make sure you sit next to someone who brought their kid, who's mm-hmm. way too young to see, and he'll probably be crying in the movie. Yes. Um, or laughing inappropriately. You're a psycho. It's a psycho. And, somebody uh, that wants to use their cell phone the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe somebody who's like, you know, you'll never guess where I am right now. <laughs> I'm insta-ing right now. Greg Kinnear. I know. Greg Kinnear was next to me in the last movie I saw. He would not get off his cell phone, Stephen. So such rude. a bastard. All right, guys. That was our show. What are you waiting for? Go do stuff, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Stephen. Bye, Bye, guys. I'm calling the authorities.
My favorite has to be the moose stick. Now this is podcasting. How do you talk to an angel? How do you hold it close to where you are? How do you talk to an angel? It's like trying to catch a falling star. What the? F- that was awesome! Holy cow! What happened? Moose sticks. 